Yesterday, a wizard entered New York with a case full of magical creatures. And unfortunately, some have escaped. It was open? Just a smidge. Contain this, or it'll mean war. I want to be a wizard. Episode 164. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're we're the Leftovers. leftovers. No Frank this week. He might show up later. Who knows? Yeah, guest appearance by Frank later. Possibly. We didn't didn't do our pre-show ritual and listen to the song this episode. Oh, shit. We did not. (laughs) You know what? I don't need it. Yes. I don't need it. I didn't didn't do it last week. Yes. The next evolution. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this day for like 110 episodes. Holy shit. Well, it happened happened last episode. Like, yeah, if you don't know, like if, if... uh, you know, if you, if you've never recorded with us uh, <laughs> before every show, I have to listen to the theme song, kind of like pump me up. Yeah, I guess I just don't give a fuck anymore. I was with you for <laughs> like about forty, fifty episodes, and then after that, you're just like, no. Yeah, I was like, uh, if we must. I know. What, yeah, what is my deal? <laughs> I don't know. I felt like 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 uh, if you're like a sports fan, you know, like every yeah. once in a while you have like these. Uh, it's like your rah rah song. Yeah, you got like these little sports rituals. You know, it's yeah. like oh, you know, before the game, I got to do this i gotta be wearing this shirt i gotta sit in this chair you know blah 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 for me it was like doing this podcast it was like i gotta listen to this fucking song yeah got you ready well i spent a lot of money on that goddamn song too jake i yeah. might as well get my uh you know get the use out of it i hear i hear you yeah. you still get it still plays for them they they still gotta hear it yeah i know I know, but for me, it was my purchase. <laughs> I'm getting scared now. We're going back. Uh, no, no, right. no. I listened to it 162 times at least. Yes. So, yeah, this is episode 164, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Nice. Good name. Good name. Uh, you know what? I wish I, – I miss Jay. I really do. Yeah, for sure. I really miss Jay. I did find out, though, uh, what he has been doing recently. Uh-oh. He's gotten into this whole uh, – mannequin challenge thing <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he, he did it he did it at the morgue <laughs> oh, it's fucked up right that's that is fucked up i yeah. don't even know what happened but i'm scared oh well basically he just fucking pan the camera around looking at caskets <laughs> nobody was moving that's an amazing cover for jay <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean he got super excited when this mannequin challenge thing <laughs> yeah, started trending yeah he did like, oh i've got an idea finally i can film them <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Never look on Jay's yeah. like thumbnail yeah. drives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake, uh, we are going to uh, jump right in. You know, you weren't here last week, man. No, so I welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back. I know you had some shit going on. Yeah, that shit was fucking crazy. I was like 10 minutes away from being here, and then yeah. it was like, family yeah. emergency, turn the fuck around. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's like I, I was like pulling in. Oh, I was I, got, I was gonna say I might have been closer than you were yeah, getting here at the point yeah. when I fucking so yeah, that yeah. sucked. I missed you guys. Yeah, we missed you too, man. Yeah, like hour and a half in, man, fucking towards the end, like that last thirty minutes, Frank was just checked the fuck out. <laughs> he was like done. He was like done. I would talk to him and it was just like Looking into a, like a, a somebody's dead eyes. <laughs> you had nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. I could not like I couldn't spark any emotion out of him. I'm here. I promise I won't die on you. And then like then I start fumbling over my words because it's like you're talking to somebody. Oh, it's contagious. It, yeah, you're talking to somebody and you're not getting anything out of them. Yeah. Like you're trying. You know. <laughs> like I'm trying to hand you. I'm trying to hand you gold. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm trying to hand you gold and. You know what? And you're just like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. As long as it's not about Chilean miners, you can hand me yeah, all the gold yeah, you want. <laughs> we start talking about we start talking about Chilean miners, and you're like, I, uh, what? I'm out. Thank God Ryan was on that podcast, and he understood what I was fucking talking about. <laughs> I know. Now we're being really inside baseball. Yeah. Yeah. If this is your first time listening, well, pfft, get yeah. over it. I mean, you're not going to get these references. You should have been listening. Yeah. So. Go back. Listen to the whole catalog. Go back and listen to all of them. Do that yeah. shit in a week. We've got people to do that, and that's fucked up. It is fucked up. I don't know if I read these two iTunes reviews. Um, if, if this one sounds familiar, I'll let me know. It's, it's a, it, well, it's, it's so short. It's a five star. Yeah, let's jump into iTunes reviews. So yeah, I gotta play the fuck. I, this is a theme song. I am gonna get some, yeah. I, I am gonna play it. I love this one. <laughs> you just hate our theme song. <laughs> yeah, Jake hates our anthem. <laughs> <laughs> It's not playing. It's not playing. Hey! It's playing on this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we are experiencing technical difficulties. Yeah. Please hold on while we reestablish the connection. <laughs> it don't matter. I don't even care. I'll fix it next. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're back. Finally. All fixed. All right. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. That's not going to jinx us. <laughs> All right, let's see here. All right, time for iTunes reviews. I want to thank everybody for the iTunes reviews. Uh, yeah, did we get this one already? It's from Dustin Porter, and it's a five-star. It's titled, eh, and it reads, meh, good job. I don't think I've heard that one. Okay, it's a new one. Thanks a lot, Dustin. Put a lot of time into that. I don't mind that one. I like it. Uh, next one is a five-star. It comes from uh, Crooked Mark. It's titled, Great Show. It's a five-star. And uh, been listening for a while. Funny, witty, and informative. Always want to know their take on things that I'm into, good or bad. Fun format, and the profanity adds a little color to it. Mm. I give it five flame emojis. <laughs> so thank you, Crooked Mark. That was a fun review. Fun review from Crooked Mark. This one's fucked up. I don't understand it. It's uh, it's uh, it's from Masby Ali. Okay. Uh, and it uh, it says, I love this so much. I listen every week, and if you don't like this, fuck off. Have a nice day. 
Uh, it's a one star. Makes no sense. Whoa, I, I, I would have <laughs> thought that was going to be a five star. He gives us the worst rating. He loves it so much. He listens every week. And if you don't like that, you can fuck off. You know what? He says, fuck reviews, too. I'm going to give it a one star. Wow. Deal with that. Wow. Yeah. I don't think he understands the rating system. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. That's okay, though. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care. That's fine. That's, <laughs> that's fine, Maspy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Here we go. I love this next one, man. Every once in a while, Jake, an iTunes review will come in, and it's, <laughs> it's a one star. Hold on. It's a one star. But every, every once in a while, I almost think like the one star actually uh, kind of uh, promotes us. Like if Ooh. I, like if I was like, a listener mm-hmm. and, or if I was like looking for through iTunes reviews for a certain podcast and I came across this one, mm-hmm. this would actually make me want to listen. No. All Just, right. I'm it, intrigued. It's from J6, J6, J6. <laughs> More like J sucks, J sucks, J sucks. <laughs> but it's here it is. It's it's titled They Stoop to a New Low. Oh. Yeah, it's a one star. <laughs> and uh, it goes on to say, who else can stretch a review? Of a one-minute Star Wars trailer in the more than two painful hours of stale catchphrases, soundboard profanity, and snarky buffoonery. <laughs> that, is that it? That's it. It's like he's asking the question. Uh, I think the answer is us. That's us, sir. <laughs> yeah. We did it. And honestly, like, if I, if I came across this review, Jake, I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> what? Wow. His <laughs> <laughs> stale catchphrases, soundboard profanity, and snarky buffoonery? <laughs> I, uh, sign me up. I agree. I Where's agree. that subscribe button? Where's the us for us to listen to? <laughs> Next uh, one. I love that review. That review is great. Thank you. I think that actually helps promote the show. So thank you, sir. He, all new love. He should be in our marketing department. I love it, too. It's great. Uh, next one. It's titled Thoughts. It's a five-star review, and it comes from STX363. Uh, he says, uh, or he or she says, why does Brian's Arnold impression sound like the cookie monster? <laughs> is that true? Let's hear your Arnold. <laughs> no. Now. I, I did not have Dance. <laughs> I did not have time to prepare my Arnold impersonation, and it sounded pretty bad. That's so, hilarious. Cookie Monster yeah. level, huh? It may have sounded like Cookie Monster. Do you also do a Cookie Monster? It sounds like, it sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. It sounds it's like a, a dead ringer for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. If I say get on, get on the chopper in my Cookie Monster voice, it's a dead fucking ringer. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, this next one comes from Vin Von Doom 91. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Take over the world after writing this review. <laughs> this is Stan Lee, right? Yeah. Uh, Surely. It's titled Amazing Cast, and it's a five star. Uh, the sheer passion of the endless crapping on Frank <laughs> fuels me in endless ways and makes me strive for greatness and not be a cold, heartless viewer of clearly amazing cinema. <laughs> Tupperware this cast and toss Frank. <laughs> wow. Jake and Brian, thank you for this cast and putting up with the brain-dead DC fanboy here. LOL. <laughs> so thank you, Vin Von Doom. Wow. Jeez, toss Frank. Yeah, toss Frank. And Jay's been gone so long that now Frank's, <laughs> Frank's back. Branded the DC fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's the new DC fanboy. I love it. I think he's calling himself the brain dead DC fanboy. Oh, is he? I thought he said Frank the brain dead. Oh, he said, uh, Jake and Brian, thank you for this cast and putting up with brain dead DC fanboy here. Oh. He's talking about himself. 
Because if he's talking about Frank, he should have put it there instead of here. I th- thought he was talking about Frank. No, his geotagging sucks. Yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with <laughs> right, that. Right, right. No, I still like this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you, Vinny. That's a good review. Yeah, I like you. Th- I like him. That's a good review. Uh, next one comes from uh, Saved by Kitty Litter, <laughs> and it's a five-star. Uh, best podcast for nerds and film freaks. And it goes on. Let's see here. I got to click more so I get everything. Here we go. Seriously, these guys are fucking great. Endless hours of content and discussion for making those long hours of the workday pass by. Brian, Jay, Jake, Frank, not a leftover, and Domesticated Dave is your lineup. I'm still looking for one where they are all accounted for. Uh, episode 100. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all there. Uh, but you get a blend of different opinions that allows you to pick a side and hear arguments for both ends. If you're a virgin, I would maybe avoid this podcast due to the amount of swearing these guys got me. Uh, the, the amount of swearing. These guys got me hooked after listening to the Walking Dead season seven premiere episode. Highest of Tupperware for this show, except for Brian. Give him a high taste it <laughs> for not admitting he's a Marvel fanboy and loves that Kool-Aid um, Doctor Strange episode. Come on. Come on. <laughs> put that in the review? They put that in the review. jeez. Oh, yeah. Jake, come on. I've, I've tossed some Marvel shit before. You, you are not a Marvel fanboy. Dude, I, I tossed Iron Man 3. I tossed Age of Ultron. After listening to both of you guys, you and Frank on that episode, yeah. Tupperware, that episode uh, Tupperware that movie, Yeah. and I tossed it. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I still like that movie. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you that, Frank, uh, Jake. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Some other people have kind of like all of a sudden don't like it anymore. Like who? I don't know. Not naming names. Really? Yeah. Some people that, you know, they loved it and then they hate it. On this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's normally, normally here. Frank? Yeah. Oh, now he hates it? I mean, he doesn't love it, I don't think. Fucking sheeple. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you, hey, you, 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 uh, retrograded it, sir. I high tasted it. Yeah. That's not a Tupperware anymore. Yeah. I still love high tasted movies, though. Okay. All right. Whatever. I'm not getting into this with you right now. <laughs> uh, next one comes from, last one comes from, uh, Jay Wolf. Um, I'm telling you, I love this fucking review. Here we go. Pop, it's a <clears throat> five star top. Notch Banter is the title. Pop Culture Leftovers is an awesome place for good discussion on comic book movies, Netflix originals, banging dead bodies, graphic novels, games, (laughs) trailers, nerd porn, and Star Wars theory. Listening to Frank's terrible movie opinions is a constant reminder why every American shouldn't have a vote. After listening to dozens of episodes and generally agreeing with Brian, I've now realized that I'm a horrible human being. In all honesty, this podcast is basically me telling all of my friends why they're wrong on movies and shows. The banter is excellent. I love it. High five to all involved, even including Jay. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Dead body expert. I love how I uh, basically he, he agrees with me and, and now he uh, he realizes that he's a horrible human being. <laughs> like, you know, any, anytime. Fuck, any, I agree with Brian on everything. Shit. You've got to be a huge. I must be scum. Exactly. Scum of the fucking <laughs> Total earth. Total scum. Yeah. So there is that. <laughs> All right. So those are the iTunes reviews this week. Jake. A lot of them. A lot of. Yeah. Well, we held off on them last week because yeah. you weren't here. I just didn't feel like reading them. I like it. Uh, we are going to be jumping 
into good pop, bad pop this week. Yes. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Oh, we already we're already like uh, almost twenty minutes in. We haven't even gotten to the advertised content, Jake. Ah, fuck it. I know. Fuck Jeez. it. Let's talk about other shit. We're, still. No, we're gonna get some review, reviews about that. I, I was. It took him twenty minutes to get to the advertised content. One star, <laughs> right? That's gonna happen. Fuck it. That's I don't thing. care. I don't give a shit. We talk about whatever we want. I can't. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, fuck Fantastic Beasts. Right, yeah. <laughs> fuck that movie. Man, this uh, fucking Christmas Coke is fucking delicious. Hold on, hold on. Is it, Wait, is it like, uh, is it, it's just Coke, right? Yeah, but Christmas Coke is even better. How is it better? Because it's like the other stuff like sits in the warehouse for a really long time. Yeah, like when they, when you get the brand new because every year they make a new Christmas can. <laughs> Jake, so they have to brew fresh Coke whoo, to put in the new Christmas can. Jake dropping some uh, Christmas Coke knowledge. I'm telling you, you can taste it. if you if you yeah. do the Pepsi challenge with with Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had some Christmas Coke once, but it wasn't in a can. Oh. Take that as what? Well. No, I've never done cocaine. That's, that's, <laughs> I didn't even get that at first. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's okay. I was like, "What? No. Was it in a bottle?" Oh, no. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. No, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Uh, but we have a rating system because we are going to rate this movie. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, I want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Synopsis, uh, the year is 1926 and Newt Scamander has just completed a global excursion to find and document an extraordinary array of magical creatures. Arriving in New York, New York uh, for a brief stopover, he might have come and gone without incident. Were it not for a nomad, American for muggle, named Jacob... A misplaced magical case and the escape of some of Newt's fantastic beasts, which could spell trouble for both the wizarding and nomad worlds. It's directed <laughs> by David Yates. Uh, it's written by J.K. Rowling. It stars Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander, Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald, uh, Gemma Chan as Madame Yazoo. She's from uh, AMC's Humans. Which, okay. uh, I love that show, and that show is coming back, uh, to, uh, your TV in February. Uh, Ezra Miller as Credence, Catherine Watterson as Porpatina Por- Goldstein, Colin Farrell as Percival Graves, Zoe Kravitz as Lestrange, uh, Ron Perlman as Narlac. Amazing that they did not use any CGI on him. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I always wondered what he looked like he, without he, the CGI. I know, he, just, he just showed up for set. Yeah. He was good to go. Who do they list as, as playing Queenie there? Queenie? Yeah. The fuck is Queenie? She was the uh, psychic sister. Did I say did I say anything about Queenie? No, I was wondering who they listed. What what the I, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. 
Who the pl- psychic who, sister? Who played the character Queenie? That was her name. That was her name? I don't remember her fucking name. You talking about the... <laughs> <laughs> she was in it quite a lot. I know. I don't have... Maybe I don't have her fucking name on here. Oh, I'm sorry. I just... I take like the first like 10. And if, if they... I they, would have figured she'd have been in the first five. They know, well, they don't have her there. Well, fuck I don't, IMDb. I don't, sorry. I don't see Queenie. <laughs> Somebody's being a queen right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guilty as charged, I guess. <laughs> Samantha Morton is Mary Lou. John Voigt is Henry Shaw Sr. Uh, I don't know. You you fucking look it up. I, have I don't no- have my phone on me. <laughs> I, my phone's charging. I don't know who Queenie is. Uh, it has, uh, Fantastic Beasts, where to find them, has a runtime of 133 minutes and an estimated budget of $180 million. So right now we are going to rate Fantastic Beasts and where to find them before we open it up for discussion yes. and unpack this briefcase of magic beasts wow <laughs> yeah i see what you did there <laughs> i almost didn't <laughs> yeah. i was funny you kind of tripped over it yeah. I'll pa- hey <laughs> <laughs> oh it worked out quite well mm-hmm. all right let's see here so toss it taste it or tupperware jake i am gonna i am gonna let you attack this one first yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna attack this i all right right off the bat i'm, I'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna give this a high taste it okay I liked it a lot. I'm excited to talk to you about it. I'm mm. kind of, I can't lie, I'm kind of hoping we're a little bit on the same wavelength here because mm-hmm. I'd almost rather have a discussion about like kind of what prevented this from being a Tupperware. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought, I, I really did like it though. I thought a lot of the characters were very charming. Mm. I thought the world was really, was really neat. Uh, I thought the pacing was just really off for me. Like it was just really like, fast pace like it felt like a bunch of vignettes kind of mm-hmm. and I, I had a little bit of trouble kind of following the main through line of the plot and what was going on with the pacing yeah um i also had a problem with um eddie redmayne speaking um i thought his like physical acting was good and like the stuff he was doing with the animals was amazing and like you really bought into how much he loved these creatures but anytime he was delivering dialogue um, without the comfort of my own home and subtitles, I was really having a hard time knowing what he was saying, like right. a good 40 to 60% of the time. Like it was really difficult for me where it actually was a noticeable problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I did really like, I the music was really cool. Um, it opens with like the traditional Harry Potter music, but it really kind of turned into like a real like smooth jazz like mm-hmm. score that was really <laughs> unique that I really liked. Um, every and, time I show up, every fucking week, anytime Jake pulls up, you can always hear pumping out of his fucking car some <laughs> smooth jazz. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought the ending was a little bit of a Scooby-Doo ending, and that kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You'll be happy to know that Allison Sudol yeah. is Queenie. Oh, okay. And I also left out uh, Dan Fogler uh, as Kowalski. Oh, is that Jake? Jacob? Yes, Jacob Kowalski. Yeah, what the hell? They left those are like two of the biggest characters They're they not, left yeah. out on IMDb. Yeah, I like copied and pasted like they had Gem- Gemma Chan in there. Yeah, who the fuck cares? Yeah, she barely is in the movie. <laughs> barely in the movie. Yeah, that girl that plays Queenie is the um I-, I wasn't sure of her name, but she's the lead singer of a band I'm I'm quite fond of right. um, called a Fine Frenzy. Yeah. Who does like, you know, kind of poppy shit. Yeah. But I really like her. I thought she was great, too. She was one of the standout supporting characters, I thought. We can definitely talk about this movie. Um, 
we're 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 going to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, let's not we'll not talk about it. <laughs> I, I'm what I'm trying to say is I didn't like it as much as you did. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving it a low taste. It okay. Um, my biggest problem with it was Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, he, he took me out of the movie. I I loved. I I I didn't like him and Catherine Waterston as uh, Tina. Yeah, yeah, Not she a, was kind of a stick in the mud. When your side characters of Kowal- Jacob Kowalski mm-hmm. and Queenie are much more lovable and interesting than your main characters, mm-hmm. that's a huge problem for mm-hmm. me as the viewer. I connected more with them and loved them anytime they were on the screen. Yeah, yeah, he was great. I, he was really great. I, I didn't think the trailers did him justice. Mm-hmm. They kind of made him look like stupid comic relief. Right. But he was by far one of the most charming characters. The and we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spoil this too. So here's our uh, spoiler warning. Yeah. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. Yeah, one of our uh, profanity profanity laden <laughs> bumpers there that. Yeah. J6, J6, J6 doesn't like. I love that name. New Low. Yeah, New Low. They stooped to a new low. Um, yeah, I, I, I just didn't really care for Eddie Redmayne. I didn't care. I, I didn't like him in this movie. I've only really liked him in Theory of Everything. Could mm. not stand him in Jupiter Ascending. Mm. Um, and in this, I did not like him. I have, and they're wanting to do five movies with this guy. Yeah, I read something from J.K. Rowling saying that the second movie is going to be like vastly different from this movie. Well, by vastly different, I hope they mean yeah, no more new Newt Scamander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish he, he'd skimander off into a different film. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I, I just didn't like him, I, and he took me out of the he took me out of the movie quite a bit. Colin Farrell, I didn't really like him. Yeah, see, I thought Colin Farrell was pretty decent. And I normally like can't stand Colin Farrell, mm. but I thought his physical acting was really good. Like, I thought he was doing like the flick and swish with the wand, like really neat. Mm. Like you could tell he really took care to make sure he was all right. Tupperware is flick and switch. I Tupperware is flick and yeah, switch. Yeah, I know. That's I. That's I, I was. I was really going in there hoping for some good flick and switch. <laughs> Definitely we got it. It's what you go in there for when I you know. see one of these Wizarding World movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> flick and switch. That sounds dirty. That sounds like something Frank does in the back. That's what, of the they, that's what they say in the movie um, when they're training the kids. L- listen to you, you fucking HP snob. I know. I know. Flick and switch. <laughs> Look good. Colin Farrell looking good with the flicking. Yeah, he was flicking the bean pretty good. And uh, no, I just he, – he's just I, I, like not a memorable villain for me. Not a memorable villain. Like the, 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 the villain that I did like was the actual not – even, not even Ezra Miller. Okay, it was yeah. it was just the creation of the Obscurus. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that was cool. That was you cool. know these repressed uh, these uh, uh, these wizards that have repressed their magic, and this is what it does. And I thought I thought that was a very interesting story. I just didn't like any. I didn't like the delivery, man. I just didn't like the delivery of. The, I thought I think there's a great story in here. No, I agree. And I think like Eddie Redmayne, there were parts where he did shine. Like I loved his uh, his relationship with the little uh, uh, Groot ripoff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Pickett, loved that too. Was it Pickett? Yeah, I think that's correct. Pickett was the name of this little leaf. Yeah, he was great with the CG. Like he did, he was a great CG mm-hmm. actor. And when they when they drug off his uh, when they took when uh, Colin Farrell's character 
uh, took his uh, little case away. Oh, that was so sad. It was sad. Yeah. And those were the times when I got – but I loved Jacob. I thought Jacob was so good in this. Yeah, Jacob was good. And I was getting, like, really depressed when they were going to, like, wipe his mind and everything. Yeah. And, like, just – you definitely were more invested in Jacob's character yeah. than you were into the Newt's commander character. Yeah. But yeah, the pacing was so weird in this movie. Like with the uh, the Ezra Miller stuff was like so dark and just weird, and like interlaced with all the different vignettes of all the different stuff with the creatures. Yeah. Just like I don't know, this movie just never had like that perfect rhythm for me. Like it just I don't know, it just was kind of a little helter skelter. Yeah, I love the volcano rhinoceros. Is what I call it. It looks oh, like yeah, a, yeah, looks yeah. like a rhinoceros with a volcano fucking horn. <laughs> I thought that was a cool design. Yeah, is that the one he does all the da- the dancing for? Uh, the dancing for. Yeah, he, he does like a little to get and and Jacob fucks it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that yeah. was a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. The whole um, scene of them going in the uh, suitcase for the first time was a really fun scene. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I thought it was interesting how they kind of had a uh, Star Wars like bar cantina mm-hmm. rip off scene going on in yeah. this. Yeah, that was really odd. I, you know, I like I gave it a low taste. That I didn't hate this film. It's yeah. just I I hold the Harry Potter movies, you know, on a I put them on a pedestal. They're, they're great. I love those movies, and this just didn't live up to like those past movies. No, like I loved. I I kept thinking to myself, oh my god, like when I started watching it, and like oh I love being back in this world, and then like there was just. Like you said, the pacing and some of the acting, it just kind of took me out of the world. Yeah. And I, I want to get I, – I, I, Harry Potter is an escape, man. It's like you're in Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I think that's another part of the problem. It's like they're in 1926 New York City, and that for me isn't too exciting either. No. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with that. But I see what you're saying. I thought they tried to pack way too much information in that beginning montage too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, fucking A, I don't want to read like 20 newspapers yeah. to figure out the exposition I need to know to, wa- to watch this fun movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind it. It, it kind of like was like leading up to like our villain. It was just like one of those things where like, okay, this is important. Try to read it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just didn't think it was framed very well. It was really yeah. hard to focus on what they wanted you to read. Okay. There were like Simpsons gags going on. Yeah. like. You know, here's like here's like a Coke ad, and here's like this bullshit. Ah, see, I was I was reading the titles of the articles and yeah. stuff like that. I wasn't watching all the other, you know. Bullshit. I was distracted. Yeah, I don't know. I love the uh, what was it like that big golden eagle was cool looking. Oh yeah, look, it was kind of like um, a hippogriff, but it wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. with the three tails or whatever it yeah. had. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah, the creatures were. Pretty, I thought the Niffler was fun. The Niffler. It was the one that st- like, stole all the gold. Sounds like, oh my gosh, uh, give her the dirty Sanchez and finish her off with a Niffler. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> give her the old Niff. Then the old uh, swish and flick or whatever the fuck you called it. <laughs> swish and flick, you got the it. Flick and swish. <laughs> flick and swish, yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fun creature. You know, the one that was stealing all the gold and yeah. all the valuables and everything. Oh, the, the, the little uh, duck-billed platypus yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the Niffler. The Niffler. <laughs> Listen to you. Listen to you. Oh my god. That was a cool it's a cool thing to see. Like there's a lot a lot of these creatures like their names are just like throwaway names in the yeah. like seven Harry Potter books and it's cool to see like these things that were just like a in one sentence like yeah. actually fully realized and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. the Nifflers, I mean, that's one were of those you, things. Were you like standing up in the theater and cheering? Yeah, oh, yeah. Niffler! <laughs> <laughs> you, you like high five the guy next to you. Fist bump for everyone. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Got up and moved. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I, I thought that was like, that was like one of the most fun creatures. 
<laughs> Ma'am, there's a there's a there's a man uh, yelling Niffler in the theater. <laughs> I googled it and I want him out of here. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the videos that showed up when I googled that word. Uh, then he propositioned to flick and swish me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I, I it, honestly like there were parts in this one that was it was just. Not what I really wanted, and and, yeah. and I just was like, do I really even want to watch a sequel? Like, yeah. do I really want to see where this goes? Um, and then like, I, <laughs> I guess like if you think about it, Ezra Miller, they cast him for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And so I kept waiting for that twist. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not just there. He's not. Just, it's Ezra Miller. Like this is the guy who's playing the Flash. Like yeah. I just kept waiting for that twist. And when it happened, I was just kind of like, ah. But you know it. It was cool. I think obs- – I, I love the idea of the Obscurus. Yeah, the Obscurus was cool. I like the idea. But I felt like that was the best part of the, the villain was like the actual CGI. Yeah, Ezra Miller was like just sad and drab and yeah. emo and they could, boring. They could have done something really cool with that though. Yeah. Like th- there's a cool story in there somewhere. Like, you know, yeah. the, of course like the woman that he lives with yeah. is the one who like uh, – she's like breaking the wands. She's the one that uh, is like trying to get all the wizards – out of the real world. She's like a creepy fanatic. Yeah. Not like pamphlets and everything. Exactly. And of course yeah. he lives with her and it's gotta, it's gotta mess him up on like a bunch of different levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like the, one of the oldest obscurises yeah. to ever hold it in that long. I just, I don't know. Like, is this, is this like, uh, is this gonna go over well with children? I think some parts of it will. Yeah. Some parts in, insanely well. Sure. But I agree that. I, I agree. Like it's like two movies in here. Yeah, but like did one they, that kids would love and yeah. one that's just kind of like. Eh. Was it? Was it the fact that it's like okay, the kids that grew up with Harry Potter and they grew up with these movies. Is this going to be for them? Is that who it's for? Because it's a little bit more grown up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been fifteen years now since the first yeah. Harry Potter movie. I mean, we're not fucking following Harry Potter yeah. either. We're not following an eleven-year-old kid. We're following a you know a fucking thirty-year-old man. Yeah. What a weirdo. He was weird. <laughs> yeah. He was not Newt Skimmy. I would not hang out with this guy. Like, I'd hang out with Kowalski. Me and Jake <laughs> Kowalski, we would hang out, get a beer, eat a couple pastries and shit. Yeah. But yeah. fucking hanging out with Newt. Like, when we first, first met the guy, he's got like his head down on the briefcase. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. what is, what is wrong with this guy? You're not, you're not, we're not filming theory of everything. You don't have to go all Stephen Hawking with your fucking performance. <laughs> he's like one of these classical, unlikable British characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was just like, I don't know this sounds fucked up, and I know they would never do it, yeah. but I was thinking to myself, like, okay, who else could they have casted in this that would have been better? And I was just like, holy shit, anybody who's played Doctor Who in the past 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, Tenet would have done a great job. Matt Smith would have done great. And it, this almost felt like a Doctor Who for me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you can't have Tenet do it, though, because it's like... He, it's too on the nose. Well, and he's already a Harry Potter character. That's right. He's already a Harry Potter character. They could have had Matt Smith, but see, the thing is, that it's too on the nose because, like, even in those, like, he's got a companion, and I uh, felt like yeah. Jake Kowalski was his companion, yeah, yeah. and people would be drawing that comparison too much in this film. Yeah, I but I, I, I feel like Matt Smith would have just killed this role, or even Tenet, but they, of course, like you said, they can't have Tenet. Yeah. I just, it's interesting. I wish I loved this movie, Jake. I really mm-hmm. wanted to like be like, oh my God, I was back in this world and I had such a great time and this is such an unforgettable movie. It's pretty forgettable for me. Like, I will probably never watch this film again. Yeah, I'm a huge Harry Potter fanboy, and it, it was hard for me even to admit to myself that this wasn't a Tupperware, mm-hmm. that I had to step down from that. So mm-hmm. I, I hear where you're coming from. 
Yeah, I, I will definitely watch this movie again. In fact, I, I eagerly want to watch this movie again. If anything, like I said, just to have the subtitles on and mm-hmm. to know what Eddie Redmayne was saying half yeah. the time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely, even though I high tasted it, it was definitely disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted a Tupperware and was expecting, especially from a screenplay by J.K. Rowling. I was really kind of expecting the works. I did love seeing house elves talking in a New York accent. Now yeah, that was cool. I did enjoy that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That, that was cool. The house elves were really cool. Yeah. Were those like giant house elves that were like singing in the, uh, in the bar? What, what creature? I don't know what those were. Yeah. Me neither. And then there was that, that one big giant in the back. Yeah. So that just looked like, like kind of like Graup did in mm-hmm. the Harry Potter fifth movie yeah. slash book. Yeah. Really easy to uh, turn this title of the movie into a uh, porn title. Uh, Fantastic Beasts? Fantastic Breast. Oh, Fantastic Breast. <laughs> Where to field them. I was like, I was like, are you going Fantastic Bestiality? <laughs> no, no. I was like, whoa, what no. kind of porn are you no. talking about? Porn here? that I want to watch. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Jake Kowalski had some nice breasts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know about Fantastic. Yeah, not Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a- a little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, some C cups. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, and I'm not excited for a sequel if they've got Redmayne coming back. I don't know. I'm just, he just, I, I just never was endeared to that character. I was endeared. To, I loved, like when, spoilers again, when they had to mind wipe, uh, Kowalski at the yeah, end, like yeah. when that was like a thing, I was kind of like, I was upset. I was sad. I was upset for him. too. I was upset I too. I really liked him. And when Queenie like came out with the umbrella, I thought maybe she was protecting him mm-hmm. from the mind wipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and what was another thing? Oh man, I lost my train. Oh, like him wanting to make like the, the pastry shop. Oh yeah. Even though I knew it was going to happen by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. when it happened, I was happy for him. Yeah, I, I thought it was left kind of open to interpretation and whether or not he really was mind wiped. To be honest with you, I wasn't going to get into it, but I felt the same way. Yeah, because the smile. And, well, and then when 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 uh, he when uh, Eddie Redmayne when Newt bumped into him and yeah. dropped off the new briefcase, it kind of he had that kind of like look in his eye, like, "Hey, hey, hey, well, I know you." And those mind wipes work pretty good yeah. and for him to design all those pastries. Yeah. after the mind wipe, oh sure. So, and it seemed like he kind of gave Queenie the nod. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I thought that was nice. I yeah. like that. Like, do they know if he's been mind wiped or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or is he keeping that to himself? I, I liked that. That was a, a nice little touch at the end. Yeah. I liked it. So. Yeah, he was the best character. He was the best character. I liked Queenie a lot, too. I liked the, the both of them. And I thought the both of them were fun together. I liked her, too. I just didn't like our main characters. And I feel like that's yeah. where the movie really suffers is because, like, I, like, throughout, like, Throughout, like, Harry Potter, like, I loved this kid because he kept getting shit on by his, like, the family that he was living with. Yeah, yeah. And I felt bad for him. And so, like, when Haggard got him, like, the birthday cake and all this stuff, like, I really got, I felt close to the kid. Like, I, I wanted agree. to see good things happen for him. On but both like, sides of it, too. Like, all the characters are way more yeah. likable. Like, not only is Harry more likable, but even the other side, like, your Dracos and your Voldemorts yeah. are just way more, like, compelling bad Absolutely. guys. yeah. And just with this, I just felt, I just was not, I didn't leave the theater being like, wow, oh my God, you know, Newt Scamander. Yeah. Harry Potter's back. Yeah. 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 It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. So. So it made a lot of money. Yeah. I personally would say if you're a huge Harry Potter fan, gotta go see it. I mean, you gotta go see it. 
if you're not, I'd say this is worthy of a, of a rental or wait for it to hit stars or HBO or whatever. Yeah, and if you're not a Harry Potter fan, this is not going to convert you. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right. Uh, you got anything else to say about it? I mean, I... Mm, not really. I, okay. We can move on. We can move on. All right. Uh, let's see here. Is that a smoke? You want, okay. All right. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah. How's that Christmas Coke treating you? It's good. I killed it already. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, let's move into some more good pop, bad pop. Uh, yes. First thing I wanted to talk about is the uh, new Kong Skull Island trailer that just dropped. Mm. Just dropped a couple days ago. Uh, I happened to see it like 20 minutes after it dropped and uh, loved the first trailer. I absolutely Tupperwareed it. And I absolutely loved the second trailer. I got to give it another Tupperware, man. I just... I'm having a great time with this. It's like they're going to war with Kong on his island. He's huge. And I thought that John C. Riley added a little bit of levity to the trailer that I was looking for, and I really enjoyed it. I, I just don't know how much I'm going to like uh, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. They re- they're really not giving them anything to do in these trailers. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, I totally tossed the first trailer. Yeah. Thought it looked like total garbage. Um, I like this trailer a lot more. Yeah, I, I thought it was a lot better. Um, I, it's not a Tupperware for me, but it, it's a taste. It. Yeah, uh, it made me at least a little interested in seeing this. Yeah, I thought the stuff with Kong was a lot more interesting. Yeah. Seeing the stuff with the other creatures coming up was interesting. Did you like it when the guy goes, "Is that a monkey?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, the jump cut right to the fucking shit getting hit. Yeah, the, the, him again, uh, Kong throwing the uh, palm tree javelin <laughs> into the uh, <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, and I, I actually saw this in IMAX. Me, oh, before, you saw it in IMAX before I saw Fantastic Beast, and yeah. it looked incredible in IMAX. Nice. So yeah, wow, I was surprised. Very cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I really like. I'm so. I'm. A, I love King Kong anyway. Yeah. When I'm it's a, when it started, I was like, oh, this again. And then yeah. I was like, and hey, that wasn't the worst. Yeah, it'll be interesting to like to see like what more they give. I mean, the, the cast is pretty fucking stacked. You got yeah. John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, John C. Riley. Brie Larson, you know, Oscar winner Brie Larson and mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston. I mean, this pretty and, and the dude, I, I don't know his name yet and forgive me, but the g- guy from Straight Out of Compton. Oh, yeah. I don't know his name yet either. Yeah. The guy that played Dre, right? Yeah. If he's good in this, I'll definitely probably know his name. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. But uh, yeah, um, I want to give an update. Uh, I'm going to let you go after this. I, I want to give a real quick update. I did finish, and I talked about this last week, Jake. So it's you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I did finish the Amazon Prime series Goliath. Oh. I finished it this week, and uh, first two episodes were a Tupperware for me. I finished the last six this week, burned through them. It's still a Tupperware. This show is so 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 good. Um, 
man, I, I, there's, I, I can't say anything more about it. it. If you have Amazon Prime, you've got to watch Goliath. It has not been greenlit for a second season. I don't know if it needs a second season. They kind of set it up to where we could possibly get a second season. What's the gist of that show in like two sentences? <laughs> you're, you're getting basically Billy Bob Thornton mm-hmm. uh, started a law firm, got kicked out of the firm because he was a drunk, and is approached to take on a case that goes up against his old law firm. And it is, and they're huge. The firm that, 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 the, what it eventually became is just a gigantic law firm. And so they, 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 I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. I get it though. But Billy Bob Thornton, like this, if, if you were watching this like as like a regular like TV show on like USA or NBC or something like that, it would just be like your regular like law and order type of show. Mm-hmm. But because you've got, the gravitas of somebody like Billy Bob Thornton in this role. Yeah. He kills it. And the women in this show are so good. Like it's Billy Bob Thornton and William Hurt are like your two guys. But the female cast that rounds out this show, they are so good. The girl the girl that plays Brittany and then the guy the girl that plays the other lawyer uh, alongside Billy Bob Thornton, they all have such great chemistry. Up and comers, huh? Yes. No one you really recognized. Nobody I recognized, but man alive, they, they just they, they did so well. And then uh, Maria Bello's in this, and she plays, okay. you know, like uh, his ex-wife, and she's also still works for you know his old firm, Cooperman and McBride, and Maria Bello's great in this. It's Goliath. Get on it, everybody. It is so good. If you loved Billy Bob Thornton in Fargo season one, you're going to love him in this. Like this is his vehicle and he just – he makes this role his and he just kills it. I loved it. So Tupperware Goliath. Yeah, it sounds cool. I haven't seen any publicity for that. It, yeah, it's it, it came out October 14th uh-huh. and I had not heard anything up until like recently and then I was like, oh, Billy Bob Thornton's in something? I'll check it out. Yeah. First episode didn't have me hooked. I liked it. Second episode, oh my gosh. Second episode, like, <laughs> it ended with a bang. Okay. And I was just like, holy shit, I got to watch the rest of this. And throughout the rest of the season, it took me on some twists and turns. Now, William Hurt, his character's a little over the top in certain spots. Yeah. But still, still pretty fantastic. Still didn't pretty take fan- you out of it. Didn't take me out of it. I, there, there, it actually paid off. Like there, there were some earlier episodes where you're just like, "What? Who, who the fuck does this guy think he is? This guy is a pompous asshole, and this character's not working." But like, w- there's a scene in the final two episodes. I can't remember if it's the penultimate or the final episode, but you're just like, "That's why they set this guy up this way." All right, so and you it, get a good payoff. For yes, it. a fantastic payoff. So Goliath on Amazon Prime. Uh, Jake, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Dude, I, I have not watched shit, man. That's I, fine. I fucking – I rented The Shallows and still didn't watch it. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, the uh, the little the Jaws ripoff. Yeah, the Blake Lively shark movie. Yeah. I, I rented it on iTunes, so I have 30 days to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably have talk about it in the next couple episodes. That's fine. Yeah, other than keeping up with like Survivor, I have not watched a single fucking new episode of TV. That's fine. I've got tons of stuff this week. So yeah, got nothing. you can blab on, my friend. All right, guys. I watched a ton of pilots this week uh, for different shows that are coming out. I watched a show called Ice. 
Uh, if you haven't heard of this, that's understandable. It's only available if you have AT&T, U-verse, or DirecTV. Hmm. Uh, it's a, uh, DirecTV. It's on the audience channel. So channel 239 if you have DirecTV. I don't know what it is for U-verse. Uh, but it stars, uh, Cam Gigandit, Jeremy Sisto, uh, Ray Winstone, and not in the first episode, but, uh, coming up, uh, Donald, Donald Sutherland. Oh, wow. Uh, will be in this series. Um, it's about a diamond dealer navigates the culturally diverse and otherwise treacherous world of the diamond business. And it introduces, and I'm, I'm going to try to get people into this a little bit. If it's something that you want to watch, I wasn't really blown away by this show at first. Oh, and it's direct, it's directed. I don't know if the, it's, it's a, he's producing it mm-hmm. and he directed the first episode. I don't know if he's directing any more, but, uh, Antoine Fuqua. Wow. That's a big get. For- yeah. Yeah. U-verse. The, uh, director of, uh, The Equalizer. The Training Day. Training Day. Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Southpaw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Antoine Fuqua. So he's doing this. Um, and, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to give this first episode a taste it. Uh-huh. It had enough at the end. They, he, basically, it's this, um, family b- business and they deal with diamonds. And they, Jeremy Sisto's a fuck up. He plays a really good fuck up in this too. And he gets himself kind of mixed up with the wrong people. Towards the end of the episode, we're dealing with them having to deal with blood diamonds. Hmm. And there's this crazy scene, uh, where the villain is going to unleash Real hyenas on them, <laughs> hungry hyenas to fucking eat them. Sounds like a Bond villain technique. It, and I wasn't like really hooked until like that happened. I was just yeah. like, you know what? If they've got hyenas about to eat <laughs> fucking people in this show, anything could happen. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a taste. It man, it right. was, it was gonna be a low taste. It, but I'm gonna give it a taste. It and I'm gonna try. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch the second episode and see where it goes. Is it like a once a week thing? Yeah, I think it's only eight episodes, okay. seven or eight episodes, and uh, it's an Antoine Fuqua, you know, show. So I'm yeah. gonna give it a shot, man. It the first episode was about an hour and fifteen minutes, um, but yeah, it's called Ice. Uh, that's for you, Thomas Comiskey. <laughs> it's called Ice, and if you have Directv, it's on channel two thirty nine. It's on AT and T U verse as well. If you don't have those things, you know. Yeah, you got a friend who can probably hook you up with their info, and you can watch it. The next uh, next show I want to talk about is I started Mars. It's the new Ron Howard. Oh yeah, TV show, six episodes. It's a mini series. The first one was I think like an hour and a half. Watched it for about twenty minutes, Jake. And this is interesting. It's ambitious. Uh, it's about uh, a group of explorers going to Mars for the first time, and. It's on National Geographic. And like what they do here is they actually take this story, this fictional story, mm-hmm. and then mix it in with real interviews and almost make it kind of like a documentary of people that are exploring going to Mars. It's an interesting concept. I didn't like it so yeah. much. I'm going to try to finish the first episode. So I'm going to freeze this one because mm-hmm. I really don't have an opinion about it. I just – after about 20 minutes, I'm just like, oh, they're trying to learn me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're actually trying to teach me about, like, real shit. And I just want to see, like, a, uh, I want to see a fictitious story about going to Mars. I don't, I don't really care about the real <laughs> Mars exploration shit. Yeah. I DVR'd this, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. You're making me not really excited about uh, it. Yeah. I'm going to try to get through the first episode. Maybe, maybe it gets better. Okay. Uh, I don't know, but 
Like I didn't really dive too much into it, so I'm gonna freeze it. Whatever. It's that's what it. I don't know. It's cold on Mars. Yeah. Uh, next thing I want to next premiere I want to talk about is a uh, premiere from USA Network. They've been doing some great shit lately. You know, of course, like everybody's been loving um, Mr. Robot, yeah, which finished its second season. So they came out with a new show uh, called Shooter. Uh, it stars Ryan Felipe and Omar Epps. Quite the uh, cast. Yeah. Shooter is uh, USA Network's new conspiracy thriller, thriller based on the best-selling novel Point of Impact by Stephen Hunter and the 2007 Paramount film starring Mark Wahlberg. Starring Ryan Felipe, the series follows the journey of Bob Lee Swagger, a highly decorated veteran who is coaxed back into action to prevent a plot to kill the president. When Swagger's former commanding officer, Isaac Johnson, solicits his expertise in a clandestine operation, Swagger discovers that he is ha- uh, that he that he is has been framed. That's what they wrote. That's what they he is has been framed. Jeez Louise. Uh, he's been framed and must do everything in his power to protect his family and clear his name. I, going into this, I. I, I I was kind of like, I liked the opening scene. I thought it was kind of cool. There's a scene of him like he's out in the woods and these hunters are, you know, they're using traps and capturing uh, wolves and they're shooting wolves and he set the wolves free and he taught these guys a lesson. I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is kind of fun. I like this. And then, yeah. then it was this classic like, oh, we need you because somebody's going to kill the president. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best you know, <laughs> sniper that we know. And so like, where would this guy, if he's going to snipe the president, where would he be? And I was just kind of like, Oh, is this what it's going to be every week? Is like, yeah. so, are they going to have like a different target? And he's going to have to figure out like, you know, what's going on. There's a twist at the end. You know, there's that it's a, it's a twist. It's a, it's a decent twist. Like he gets framed for this. They frame him for, as he's the one who's going oh. to be, he's the one who killed the president. So like he shows up right in the room where the shot would have gone down and boom, please show up. Wow. Now he's a wanted man, you know? And so I like the twist at the end. Is it enough to keep me watching this show? Maybe for one more episode. I okay. can't promise you, but it went from a toss it to a taste it. So shooter on USA, check it out. It might be on demand. I saw commercials for this on yeah. uh, WWE television. I guess, yeah. I guess Randy Orton was in the first episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a taste it, man. I thought the twist at the end was kind of interesting and it'll be him on the run. And so I, it might be cool to see how like this guy survives and then still tries to keep in contact with his family. He's got a young girl. He's got a, you know, a wife and everything. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I'll, Sounds kind I'll, of generic. Though. Yeah. Especially I, when, when you, when you're following it up with like, you know, Mr. Robot is what you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this is something that I'm going to continue to watch. Yeah. But the 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 twist at the end was enough to kind of like, okay, we're or where they okay, now that I know what you're setting up, let's see what you can do in the second episode. Yeah, it's not fucking blind spot where they're no. just going to do the same fucking shit every right. fucking week. Right. Right. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll find out, you know. I don't know. Kind of got that A team feel to it, you know. They're on the run and shit. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah. Uh the last thing I want to talk about is a uh new mini series coming to FX. Uh, called Taboo, and uh, has a release date of January 10th, 2017. What is Taboo? Uh, it is created by Tom Hardy, his father Chips, 
<laughs> Chips Hardy. Chips Hardy. That sounds like like a like a nineteen forties comic strip. You know? Chips Hardy. Chips Hardy, detective. You know, <laughs> Detective Chips. Detective Chips Hardy <laughs> on the case, uh, and and uh, it's also uh, the Peaky Blinders writer Stephen Knight is involved in this. Uh, okay. Also serving as executive producers are. Christopher Nyholm from AMC and Netflix is the killing. And why I say AMC and Netflix is kill the killing is because it first started on AMC, I believe for the first two or three seasons Mm -hmm. and they finished the last season on Netflix for the fans. Uh, also executive producer on this is Ridley Scott. Hmm. Uh, it's set in 1813. Taboo is based on an original story by Tom Hardy and his father, Chips Hardy. Uh, in Taboo, Hardy plays the lead role of James Keziah Delaney, a rogue adventurer who returns from Africa with 14 ill-gotten diamonds to seek vengeance after the death of his father. More maybe, diamonds. Yeah, maybe his father's more diamonds. I'm into these diamond shows. <laughs> yeah, you got ice. You got uh, Taboo. Yeah. Half, <laughs> late at night, I'm watching like QV, diamond. QVC. And I'm... <laughs> 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 I'm ordering diamonds. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, refusing to sell the family business to the East India Company, he sets out to build his own trade and shipping empire and finds himself playing a very dangerous game. Um, so the series looks really interesting. Yeah. I know, you know, I, I know one of our listeners, Chris Ahola, was really into that show, Peaky Blinders. I think it's got, uh, what's his name? He played Scarecrow. In uh, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. I think it's Tom Hardy and Cillian Murphy in Peaky Blinders. Okay. Stephen Knight wrote that, and and uh, I'm looking forward to the show so much that I'm going to make the announcement here. Uh, I've been doing Sweetwater Saloon. Yes. With Ashley, it's a Westworld podcast, and uh, this is only going to be eight, eight episodes for Taboo. <clears throat> Once uh, uh, Westworld is all wrapped up. Uh, Ashley and I will be returning uh, to do a podcast about Taboo. Nice. Eight episodes, and uh, the podcast uh, will be called Talking Taboo. It's great. So you won't be so bored when Westworld is over. Well, I, that's that's what we were talking about. Like me and Ashley, we really enjoy doing the Westworld podcast, and yeah. we were just like, you know what? I, I was like, I'm thinking about maybe doing another show, and she's like, what show? I'm like, Taboo, and she's like, oh my god, I was thinking about the same thing. That's awesome. So we're on the same page. So we're going to be doing another recap show <laughs> called Talking Taboo. The feed should be live within the next few days, so look for it on iTunes, and you can subscribe to it within the next four days or so. Awesome. Yeah. And that comes out in January, right? It comes out January 10th, and our first episode will be out January 11th. Nice. Uh, and we'll be talking taboo. Now, what day is that going to fall on for you? Mm, I think the show comes out on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm, that'll be good. So, yeah, I think it's actually on a Wednesday. We'll record on a Thursday or, or it's, yeah, I don't remember. Fuck, <laughs> whatever. But we're doing it and it should be fun. All right, Jake, are you ready to jump into news? Yeah, gangsta as fuck. All right. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Jake, I'm excited for Rogue One. Yeah, me too. I'm also excited to see some of the trailers that are rumored to be attached Uh-oh. to Rogue One. What are we going to get? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is rumored. It's com- we know it's coming out in December. The Ooh. trailer's coming out in December. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's going to be coming with Rogue One. Yeah, where else would you put it? Also, Transformers The Last Night trailer. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, did you get that? We we got to see kind of a special IMAX thing for that. I didn't. I didn't see Fantastic it. I, Beast. I didn't see. 
I didn't see it in IMAX. Yeah, I mean, they didn't show us much. Yeah. It was kind of like clips from all five Transformers movies. Yeah. But they did show us some Four. stuff. Well, they showed us clips from the upcoming fifth one, too. Okay, that, okay. You said, okay. I, I thought you meant, like, collected that there was five out now. Okay. They, they showed us clips from all five, like, in a montage. So from the new one, too. From the new one, too. Okay. Yeah. And okay. There was some weird stuff where, like, there were, like, back in time with, mm-hmm. like, actual, like, night nights, like King mm-hmm. Arthur nights and Transformers mm-hmm. and oh, shit like that. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, dude. It looked like, oof. Oh, man. Gripping. I can't wait to review this movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Uh, this next story, I was going to bring it up. But Frank's not here, so what's the point? It's a, it's about the he mentioned Frank mentioned the Last of Us movie last week and how it's been kind of like tied up. Yeah, what's and, happening uh, with that? Uh, IGN talked to the Last of Us producer Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi said, "With this one, Neil Druckmann of Naughty Dog, the company that made the Last of Us, went to Sony, who I have a very good relationship with." But they have their own plans for it, and I think Neil's plan for it – I'm not trying to be political. Neil's plan for it is not the same as Sony's. Uh, right now, the script is just sitting there. Sony doesn't want to move forward, and it's not my place to say why. Neil and I think is in a slight disagreement with them about how things should go, so there's a standstill. Hmm. Uh, he also added, I'm not in the driver's seat, and I can't tell you what Sony and Neil together will decide – um, if, mm. if they do move forward, I'd love to help them again. Really safe answers from Sam Raimi there. Yeah. So hard to read much into that. Yeah. It just doesn't look like they're going to do anything with it right now. Nope. Seems like they're at a stalemate. Yeah. Uh, Jake, more, more great news for the Crow reboot. Oh, yes. Uh, we've been, all we've talked about is just some wonderful news coming out of the Crow camp. Ah, oh, can't wait. Uh, some more great news coming out for the reboot titled Crow Reborn. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it's, Crow Reborn. This news is coming from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the film has been moved uh, from Relativity Media, where it, will, where it will be distributed, produced, and financed by Davis Films. Ooh. So, great move. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Step down. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why, you're not a fan of Davis Films? No, no. Not, not, not too much. <laughs> the, their fine cinema doesn't do much for me. <laughs> Name, name name me one Davis film. Fuck. I was hoping we were going to ask that. <laughs> Don't they make pizzas? Did I, did I catch you in a lie there, Jake? <laughs> Davis Brothers Pizza? Uh, yeah, it's okay pizza, right? It's good pizza. <laughs> I, I don't know about their movies. <laughs> it wasn't so much of a lie. I might, I might eat one of their pizzas and watch a movie from a better producing company. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Crow, I can't get over the title. Crow Reborn. Get out of here with that title. Yeah, fuck off with Crow Reborn. Crow Reborn. Stop it. <laughs> just call it Crow. Just call it the Crow again. Don't call it the Crow. Just call it Crow. There you go. There you go. There you go. Like the Rocky approach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't call the first one the Rocky. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they added the last name. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> hey, how about this? Crow Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Crow Davis. Crow Davis. Because he's now with Davis Films. <laughs> there you go. Synergy. <laughs> I like that. People will remember our company now. Corporate synergy. That's good. Crow Davis. Crow Davis. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, with the move to Davis Films, there's no word on if Jason Momoa will stay on or 
if the director Corin Hardy will also stay attached. Uh oh. So uh oh, got some big problems in Crow Reborn Camp. <laughs> Is there anything new, though? God. <laughs> oh, no. I hope this movie never comes out. Ah, uh, Cromoa. It's uh, never going to happen, is it? Uh, I, I will not be eating crow. This movie's going to happen, Jake. Uh, Trust me. They've, dro- they've dropped so much money on this recently. One way or another, they're going to get this motherfucker out. Uh, back in October, uh, just I'm gonna, this is crow-related, the actor that played um, uh, Fun Boy, yeah. Pat passed away. Uh, yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah. I heard that. 62 years old, I think. Mm. Not old at all, really. No, not really. 62. Eesh. 62. All right. Yeah, that's all the news that I got for you this week, Jake. That was some fun shit. Yeah. Fun yeah, fucking cr- shit. Crow news always gets fucking woke me up. Yeah. Like a shot of espresso. <laughs> Whoa, fuck. Oh, man. Hey, I want you to, next week for Good Pop, Bad Pop, I want you to review at least one Davis film. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> Yeah, that crow news. I mean, that's the reason I podcast. <laughs> it's just in the hopes of talking about crow shit. <laughs> We're changing the title of the podcast. <laughs> Pop crow leftovers. Oh, I like it. I yeah. like it. We can keep our initials that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get us sponsored by Davis Films. How about Pop Crow Re- Leftovers Reborn? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. We're gonna move into Marvel news. Marvel news. All right, guys, it is official. One of the John Wick directors, David Leitch, is confirmed to direct Deadpool 2, according to THR. Uh, Fox is still looking for a different director for Deadpool 3, though, it sounds like. Um, so we've been talking about this in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also thought that it did sound like they were looking for a different director for Deadpool 3. All these things seem to be true. Uh, I'm fucking excited. I mean, you know, Tim Miller... I, as much as I loved the dude in the first movie, mm-hmm. sounds like he didn't have the same vision as Ryan Reynolds, and it seems like I, I feel like Ryan Reynolds' vision seems more pure to what the character was in the first film. I felt like Tim Miller was trying to take it down a different path. He was trying to go a little bit too Hollywood, too Hollywood with it. He wanted a bigger budget. Yeah, I mean, he wanted one of those like uh, Marvel Studios budgets for this bad boy, and. The Ryan, fuck, get the fuck out of here, Tim. Yeah, Miller. fuck off, Tim. You know, I loved what you did for the first movie, but no, I'm glad that this is in Ryan Reynolds' hands. Ryan Reynolds actually sat down with David Leitch and they worked out the deal. It's like they they had the deal worked out with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's great. I, I Tupperware the David Leitch stuff. I, I do too. I, it's going to be amazing. Well, let me tell you this, and we talked about this on the podcast, yeah. like when we when we recorded our Civil War episode. I brought, or, or one of the episodes leading to it, I brought this up. I remember. I remember. Leitch was the second unit director for Captain America Civil War. He handled all the action during the airport scene. Yeah. I mean, this guy did the, the John Wick film. I mean, this, this guy. Is, yeah, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. Deadpool is the perfect character for this director. Oh, it's, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a great marriage. Yeah. And then, uh, even though they're going to get a different director for the third film, I'm fine with that, too. I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's what Star Wars is doing. Yeah. I, I like. I kind of get, like, tired of having the same director do the mm-hmm. same franchise stuff. Right. Even with Fantastic Beast, it's like, come on. Let's let someone besides David, David Yates, Yates direct yeah. one of these fucking movies. Yeah. yeah. Let's see someone else's vision. Yeah. 
You know, I, I like switching it. Or up. let Alfonso Cuaron come back. Oh, God. they tried to get him. Oh man, for the first one. Yeah, yeah. After Gravity, that guy can do whatever the fuck he yeah. wants now. He said, "No, I can't wait to see his next movie." What's his next movie? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That's why I just whatever it is. Okay. Children of Men is one of my favorites. He yeah. Did that too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, more Marvel news this week. It came from Marvel.com. Uh, IMAX Corp, Marvel Television, a unit of Marvel to Entertainment and Disney ABC Television Group announced an innovating, innovative agreement to exclusively premiere the new ABC series Marvel's The Inhumans in IMAX commercial theaters, marking the first time a live action television series has debuted in this manner. Um, this is weird. So they've jumped off of the Inhumans film, yeah, and it's going to go to ABC Television. But and, I still have to pay fifteen bucks for it. But you got to go. <laughs> you got to go to the theater and watch it in the IMAX. Fuck, I'm not happy. I yeah. Can I just watch it on TV, or can I just DVR it and not Thank watch you. it? Thank you. Well, I mean, I know, like with uh, <laughs> the, like Doctor Who, they'll yeah. have the the uh, you know. The, what do they call it? The phantom event or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's not as, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it, um, Doctor Who has a built-in fan base. They've earned bringing their audience to the theater. No, no, no. And yeah. I, I'm saying, like, even with the fathom events, you can still watch it on TV. Yeah. You can, st- they've got to put this on TV. I mean, is it? I don't know. With the, the whole thing being a deal with IMAX. You're doing it. You're doing a series. And so, like, the first two episodes are going to be at, you got to go to the theater. And, like, so for the rest of the people, they jump on in episode three? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. I, I'd say, like, uh, you know, like, you want first look? Yeah. You want first look? Oh, come to the theater. And then, you know. That makes sense. That makes sense. Two weeks later, then we'll have it. Yeah, premiere. You, yeah, that makes sense. Not simultaneous, but like a week apart. Or oh, who's like go, who's oh, who's gonna go to the theater to see this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, unfortunately, we will. Really? Right? I mean, we're gonna want to talk about this. Oh, come on! Oh, bullshit! You can't tell me the week this comes out, you're not going to see it. I don't know. You're seeing this. Shit. I don't know. You're I don't know if I'm gonna go to IMAX and you, watch The Inhumans on TV. Hey, I'm not saying you'll be happy about in it in the theater. <laughs> you're, you're seeing it though. We're not getting Vin Diesel though. No, that was what I was gonna say the next thing. No yeah. fucking way he's doing TV. No Vin Diesel. No fucking way. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. I listened to another podcast, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna name him, but it's a pretty it's pretty funny. Yeah. And they kept comparing Vin Diesel to a potato. <laughs> <laughs> and so all week after they did their Vin Diesel potato episode, yeah, they had they had like these supplemental posts, yeah, and all week all they did was post pictures of uh, baked potatoes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then I responded to one of the posts and I put fast chive, <laughs> and they thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. Yeah. So nice fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, fuck Vin Diesel. Who cares? I, I don't give a shit. Hey, Guardians of the Galaxy Two is gonna get some reshoots. Jake, are you worried? No. Me either. Yeah. Reshoots. Reshoots always happen. Yeah. Uh, so that's happening. Also in Marvel news, I found this interesting. Uh, Marvel had a character swap with Fox. Oh yeah, who was it? Uh, Kurt Russell, who plays Ego, the Living Planet, in the new Guardians of the Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Ah, uh, Fantastic Four camp, huh? Uh, was the uh, character that Fox swapped with Marvel to change Negasonic Teenage Warhead's powers? Hmm. So yeah. Even though Ego the Living Planet first appeared in the Thor comic, he's more of a, of a Fantastic Four character. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's – that's. I thought it was 
kind of a weird swap. Yeah, it gets real dicey with those Mar- who owns what Marvel characters because so mm-hmm. many, like so many of them cross streams. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, we're going. That's all I got for Marvel news. Did you see anything else that I'm missing? I'm sure there's tons of shit. I no. just didn't. That Inhumans IMAX shit, that is so weird. Yeah. That's, all week I've been like, this talk is about, this is weird. Talk about, yeah, I don't know, man. Is 15 there, bucks to go see a yeah. Marvel TV show? Yeah. Oh, my God. They must, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is tearing it up either. Oh, my God. I, it must be the confidence in the Netflix stuff. They're or, putting the cart before the horse, or right? Or the confidence in the brand. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't fucking know. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess they feel like they can just make – I mean they're printing money with their movies. Like, Yeah, they can make a misstep. They can afford to, I guess, take a risk and yeah. have a misstep. Yeah. Uh, How's the royal family going to look on ABC? Like garbage. It's got it, like, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're going to film it in IMAX, they're going to have to spend some money. Yeah. Because you're going to be able to see every glaring, like, mistake. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into some DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, uh, the rap is reporting that, uh, a member of the Green Lantern Corps will be seen in Justice League in a key sequence. Hmm. It makes sense. That's all we got. That makes sense. Of course. Yeah, but I kept, I kept hearing from Latino Review that it would not be until Justice League Part 2, whatever that title is. Yeah, I think this is just the cameo and then that'll be like the feature. Post credit scene? Are they going to do that? Are they finally going to give us a fucking post credit scene in one of these movies? No, I hope not. Have really? I ever said I don't like post credit scenes? Have I ever rallied against those on here? Really, I like them. Yeah, I'm I'm very anti it. I, I think. love mid credit scenes, post credit scenes. Yeah, I hate. Every, uh, let the movie fucking end and let me go. Like, what a bunch of bullshit. I like it. Yeah, I, I hate it. Oh Jesus, <laughs> I can't fucking stand it. God, credits are like eight minutes fucking long. Uh. Let me fucking go. Especially if it's like an important like plot twist, like in the Doctor Strange, it's yeah. super annoying. Yeah. Like that scene okay. deserves to be in the fucking movie, not not as some fucking like throwaway post credits bullshit. Well, I mean, if if I'm sticking around for something cool, I feel like you know I kind of like it because like there's some there's those jackasses that get up and leave early. Yeah, and I'm like, what? and then they text me, hey, did you see that? And I'm be like, yeah, did you? What did you think about the post credit scene? They're like, what? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you fucking idiot. I mean, don't get me wrong, I stay because I feel like I have to. Yeah, because I want to see every part of the movie. But I don't it's like, mind. I'm usually like, in, like uh, that's a point in the theater, like when I can just sit down. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check like my Facebook. You know, the fucking like what's going on on the PCL Facebook page. Yeah, what's going on in Twitter? Oh, uh, let's check my emails. And then <laughs> next thing you know, like uh, the shit pops up on the screen. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Jake. I hate it. It's it's one of the few times I agree with fucking like Zack Snyder and Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah. That shit that shit ain't art. That's, that, ain't, that ain't cinema. Listen to you. Get shit out of here. Listen to you. Let's let's make these movies a little bit more classy. Fucking artsy fartsy over there. Let's class it up and get rid of these stupid post credit sequences. Yeah, let's uh all right, leftover army. Let's <laughs> rally behind Jake here. Class it up. No, I'm fine with it. Ugh. I'm fine. I don't give a shit. Thanks a lot, Marvel Studios. Uh, let's see here. Hey. Don't ever do that shit to Star Wars, please. Oh, I don't want to see it in Star Wars. That's Ugh. ridiculous. 
But in a Marvel movie, I don't mind. Like, you know. Yeah, 14 movies in, I guess I'm just fucking used to it. I don't give a shit. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. I'm, like, stuck in my seat at the end of every fucking movie now. Yeah. Thanks, Marvel. Uh, Ezra Miller, he talked to IGN about The Flash in the upcoming Flash film and said, uh, what I find fascinating is that we're still very much amateur hour speedster. It's basically saying, like, this is a very young Flash. Yeah, uh, what's more fun in the superhero movie than growing pains with your powers? Right. A- anytime you skip that, you're doing your character a disservice. Mm-hmm. He also added, uh, like, I love this comic, Kingdom Come. Unbelievable art. And in that, the Flash is fully evolved, and you never even see him, right? It's just like a red mist, and there's no crime uh, in Keystone City. He protects a whole chunk of the country. So he's basically, yeah, he's just saying how much, oh, he goes on to say, so that wouldn't make for the most interesting film. You know what I mean? Duh. Uh, what we do have to learn, uh, what, uh, what do we have to learn about that guy? That guy barely exists, right? <laughs> he's almost one with the speed force. So it's interesting to go to the beginning. It would be hard. You'd have to get Werner Herzog to make a movie about a bolt of lightning. So yeah, it. I, I kind it, of a diss on Warner Herzog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a no brainer though. That it's got to be a young. I mean, he's a young guy himself. So. Yeah, yeah. I all that seems like a good duh statement. Yeah, like we've seen that little trailer. Yeah. Like it's obvious he's not like a complete at one with the Speed Force and his powers. Yeah, like, yeah. So okay. Yeah, he he probably can't say much. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like one of those things like I guess where we watched in Batman v Superman where, you know, he shows up and he's he's talking and he's got like that special suit on yeah, and he's talking yeah. to Batman. It's like, which Flash is that? Like, which – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are we talking to like an older Barry or are we talking to, you know, like a younger Barry? It's like I guess he just – I guess he kind of wanted to clear that up for people that didn't know. Yeah, I feel like that's an, in the. Are we talking about in Batman v Superman? Yeah, they show the video. Like we saw the video, yeah. and he's in the the store on the like the little convenient store, you know, yeah. security camera. And, and he we, visits Batman in the Vision. But he visits Batman in the Vision. But like that Vision, like where is he? Like yeah, I feel like that's way further ahead than what we're seeing in Justice League. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So, you know, are we getting convenience store Barry or are we going to get like that version, which could be an older Barry, mm. you know? So he kind of, I guess, he, I, I didn't getting, really. We're getting convenience yeah. store Barry. What? We're getting convenience store Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly And that's what, what we want. Getting. Yeah. And we saw that in the, in the trailer too, the new Justice League trailer, like him yes. talking to him. So I don't know why he had to clear that up for people. Like I said, he probably can't say much. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like, what's his name? Uh, Michael Shannon and like be giving shit away on these kind of. Oh, interviews. yeah. I was in a porta potty and I was, yeah. <laughs> I was wearing flippers and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's all I got for DC news. Uh, we're just burning through shit this week. Shit, man. But I do have so, I do have a little bit of Star Wars news this week. Hey, guys, what's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. I will actually. You know what? I'm going to start off with this. I was going to talk about this later, but I, I started. I, I'm not as far into it as I wanted to get. Mm. Uh, I've started listening to Star Wars Catalyst, mm. a Rogue One novel. This is the prequel to. 
um, what what we're going to be seeing in <laughs> prequel Rogue to the prequel. One. <laughs> yes, a prequel to Rogue One. So, uh, and I believe from what I'm hearing, it's b- by the time we're watching Rogue One, mm-hmm. Jin is eight years old in that film. Okay, and this takes place two months before Jin is born. And we're introduced to – let me read the synopsis here. Okay. War is tearing uh, the galaxy apart. For years, the Republic and the Separatists have been have battled across the stars, each building more and more deadly technology in an attempt to win the war. As a member of uh, Chancellor Palpatine's top-secret Death Star project, Orson Krennic is determined to develop a superweapon before their enemies can – and an old friend of Krennic's, the brilliant scientist Galen Erso, could be the key. Galen's energy-focused research has captured the attention of both Krennic and his foes, making the scientist a crucial pawn in the galactic conflict. But after Krennic rescues Galen, his wife, Lyra, and their young daughter, Jin, from the Separatist kidnappers, the Erso family is deeply in Krennic's debt. Krennic then offers Galen an extraordinary opportunity to continue his scientific studies with every resource put utterly at his disposal. While Galen and Lyra uh, believe that his energy research will be used purely in altruistic ways, Krennic has other plans that will finally make the Death Star a reality. Trapped in their benefactor's tightening grasp, the Ursos must untangle Krennic's web of deception to save themselves and the galaxy itself. Um, I am about, I'm actually at right to the point where, uh, Krennic is freeing them from the separatists. Oh, cool. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, Urso has been using, Urso is on the planet of Vault and he's with, um, I think they're called Vaultians, the people that are on that planet. Makes sense. And so he's with, is he on? No, he's not on. Ah, Fuck, I'm already losing my train of thought. Anyway, he's at the, he does go to Vault later on. Um, he's he's on a planet at first, and he's doing research with these aliens, and they're trying to uh, figure out kyber crystals. Hmm. Kyber crystals hold a lot of power. And so one of these aliens gets a little piece of a kyber crystal. And so Galen's, Galen Urso's research is all about making synthetic crystals. So they're not really kyber crystals. Um and he's noticed that these these synthetic crystals that they have, he's trying to make it so that they can conduct a lot of power. And he's wanting to basically power systems like planets hmm. as, you know, just reusable energy that will power the entire planet. So planets that are like way behind in science, like this will help them evolve. And, um, and so, it sounds like that science will also lead into the creation of the Death Star. Exactly. So, do you like all this science? All this like, let's get behind the scenes of the science of the Death Star type stuff. It's not all that though. It's not. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like it. They talk about the Geonosians in this and yeah. like how they are involved in the Death Star plans. That's cool. Um, lots of prequel stuff. Lots of prequel separatists stuff. Separatists, uh, Yeah, but they mention uh, Count Dooku in this quite a bit. Oh, I mean, cool. Count du- Galen Erso knows who Count Dooku is, hmm. and uh, it's interesting to hear about Count Dooku. Um, what's really cool is uh, Galen and Lyra. They're kidnapped by the separatists, and they are sent to a prison on uh, this planet, and they. They're separated from each other. So he's in a cell and she's in a cell mm-hmm. and she is like 
two months away from giving birth to Jin. Oh, wow. But it's a really cool love story. Like, I th- I think that this is setting up a love story between those two that the movie will not. Yeah. Like, Lyra, who actually they finally showed her in the international trailer. So she is ah. she is in the movie. We saw we, in the international trailer, you do see her talking to a young Jen really quickly. Um, but they set up, like, a really cool love story between these two. It, they talk about, like, she talks about the first time that she meets Galen. Yeah. And... They're separated from each other and he finally gets – they get to write each other and they deliver the notes to each other and they talk to each other back and forth through notes. But like Galen's in his own cell. Like they'll let him go as long as he like um, basically has his research. He does his research for the separatists and he admits that um, – there was some uh, espionage as far as like what he was trying to do with this other company that he was working for and that, that he was involved in something that he shouldn't have been involved in. And he's not willing to do that. And so now uh, Jin is born and they, they let him be in the room when she's born. That That's like a big thing. He's like on the planet of vault and Vaultians are like, you have to be present for the birth of your child. Like they're really cool about that. And um, they also consider Jin like she's got like dual citizenship. Like she's also a Vaultian now. Oh wow, that's, she's yeah, that's handy. So sounds cool. How far up, how far up do you think it'll go? Like where do you think the drop off will be at the end? No clue. Hmm. I no clue. I, I I haven't even I haven't even gotten to like the point I'm at is like fucking Krennic ship lands mm-hmm. and they think that it's they think it's fucking Dooku. Yeah, they think it's fucking Dooku showing up and. They find out it's Krennic, and they're actually, like, relieved, and I think shit's just going to get worse. Mm. So it, it's going to be really interesting uh, as I go through the book. I'm maybe an hour and a half in, and I wanted to be halfway done with it, and I'm just not. So okay. Future episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm enjoying it, and I, I can't wait to get into more of it. You think um, I should give that a go? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, think, I, think, I think I'm going to appreciate Rogue One a lot more with the backstory of knowing the relationship between him and Krennic going in. Okay. Um, I think it's going to give a lot of exposition between those two. And they talk about, um, Krennic says, I, and I don't know if he's telling the truth yet. I guess I'll find out when they actually interact, but Krennic's Orson Krennic, um, he says something about, they met as students. Mm. So they met as like students. Probably and get more backstory of that. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued enough. Yeah. MakingStarWars.net had some info. Uh, oh, no. I'm not going to talk about that now. I'm actually going to talk about uh, some other news real quick. Darth Maul is getting his own comic book. That's happening. Yeah? Who, creative team? Any idea? Don't know. Hmm. Uh, the Mother of Dragons is joining the Han Solo film. Awesome. StarWars.com revealed the news yesterday that Amelia Clark will join the cast of Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover for the film. Uh, no news on her character as of yet. All they would say is she will, quote, round out a dynamic cast of characters Han and Chewie will encounter on their adventures. She's got a great agent, that Emile Clark. Uh, Amelia Clark has a really good agent, uh, especially after the disaster that was Terminator Genesis. Yeah, no doubt. Lands with the Game of Thrones thing, mm-hmm. gets the Terminator thing, mm-hmm. that bomb, she still gets a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And, and a huge one at that. I'm still hoping... Um, that we get uh, 
Tatiana Maslany in something Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I wanted her as Jyn Erso, and, and she was one of the ones that were considered, but it's Felicity Jones, and I, I, I honestly, oh man, if Tatiana would have been fucking. Yeah, it seems like a perfect role for yes. her. When she didn't get it, I kind of held out and hoped that maybe she'd get a bigger role in like one of the chapter films. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll get that. Uh, rumor that I'm hearing. Oh, so yeah, Amelia Clark, big news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I Tupperware it. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll, I love uh, her. She's super charming. I'll give it a high taste it, man. It's, it's, I don't know, just because Terminator Genesis was such trash. I luckily have not seen that. Um, but, <laughs> um, I'll high taste it and see where, I, I, I gotta think that they know what they're doing. Yeah. I gotta think they know what they're doing. I mean, the, the casting so far, in my opinion, has just been, Top notch. Um, the creative team behind this has been top notch. You, you got, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller doing this one. You've got Simon Kinberg and it's Simon Kinberg's last Star Wars film. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan's. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan's last. Yeah. Why am I saying Simon Kinberg? Lawrence Kasdan's last. And he's working with it on his son, with his son. Yeah. That's really cool. So this is fantastic. Kind of passing the torch. This is great. Yeah. This is great. Um, how fitting that his last movie is the Han Solo movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for this. I'm very pumped. Uh, rumor is that uh, Alden Ehrenreich has been signed on for a trilogy of Han Solo films. That's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. But he's <laughs> what do you think the Han Solo movie is going to be called? Just Han Solo? It should be Han Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo? Huh? Solo? No, just – yeah. <laughs> I just think Han Solo. Solo Reborn? Yeah. I don't know. Are they going to do like uh, Indiana Jones, you know? Han Solo and yeah. uh, blah, 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 blah. And the, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The gamble of whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the rumor is he's signed on for a trilogy. Now, whether we get two more films is probably how this movie is received. I, I, I don't believe it's going to be how the movie performs in the box office. Yeah. That's probably a big part of it, but I also think like how – well, this movie is received. I agree. It's going to be a big part of it. I agree. If everyone eats this shit up and it makes a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of money. Then, yeah, let's make more. Yeah. So are we going to get – like who are, who are we going to get? Like are we going to get Job of the Hut? Are we going to get Job of the Hut in this movie? I think so. So, yeah. I mean – I think we I, – I could, I could easily see that. Yeah. They have a long past history. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else do I got? Star, uh, MakingStarWars.net had an article – about Star Wars Episode Eight. No, oh, last week you didn't. You weren't here. Did you read the news? Did you see the news about um, um, Kylo Ren's cape and it being a uh, Darth Vader cape for I did Star not. Wars Episode Eight? I did not. Yeah, they're trying to figure out. Would they know that the cape that he has in the next film is modeled after Darth Vader's cape? They just don't know if it's an actual cape of Darth uh, Vader's or if he had it like made, made like, like stylized exactly. to be like Darth Vader's. Right, and it could you could see it going either way. Yeah, yeah. Especially with him having the helmet, why wouldn't he have other artifacts? Well, yeah. Why? I mean, like on a star destroyer, why wouldn't he not have like a closet of capes? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He's so, he's obsessed. Yeah. I mean, you, you mess up one cape, you got you got to have your, you know, your Tuesday cape, you I, know. I, I, I agree. Monday's cape got fucked up, you know. Who wants to do laundry every day? Right. Right. Man, oh, that'd be great. Fucking uh, Star Wars dry cleaners yes. on the Death Star. That'll be like our ninth uh, Star Wars solo story movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen like the it's like a uh, Space Janitors or whatever the fuck they call it? You ever seen that short that it's like a like a series? I think I did. Yeah. I like, it was like 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it's 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 been out for a while. Yeah. But it's like janitors on the fucking Death Star and I shit. I remember being funny. 
Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Just yeah, there's like uh, people shooting and firing, and these guys are like with mops and shit. And... <laughs> That'd be cool. That's like what yeah. Finn was doing. Yeah, he was uh, exactly <laughs> using sanitation. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, what were they talking about? They were talking on uh, making Star Wars .net the podcast. They they were talking about fucking uh, the little the trash compactor alien, the Dianoga. Yeah, yes, yes. They were talking about that thing, and they were talking about how, like, wouldn't it be funny? Somebody wrote in an email, and I was cracking the fuck up. Somebody wrote in an email, and they said, wouldn't it be funny if, like, the you know, Baze Malbus is on fucking uh, <laughs> the the Death Star, and he uh, he drops off, like, this little creature in the toilet. Oh, and it ends up being the Dianaga? It grows up to be, a, yeah, the Dianaga. Oh, jeez. And, and they were talking about how, how funny that would be. <laughs> so... That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I don't think – you think we'll get a Dianaga appearance? Like no. see them putting it in the Death Star? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just thought it was a funny comment. It is funny. Yeah, and then it, like we know that he left it there for Luke, you know? <laughs> okay. In A New Hope. Okay. No, nod, nod. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I mean they but they did say something about – and he wasn't, he wasn't sure if he – if it's canon or not. It was Sal. Sal said something about like the Dianagas. They put them in the trash compactors because they help break up the garbage more. Ah, that makes sense. So it's got they actually serve a function. We don't, we don't know if that's canon or not. He though. he says he's like I think I read it somewhere, yeah. but I don't know if it's canon. So like if he read it in like a Star Wars magazine, yeah, like it's. If it's like the official Star Wars magazine, it's probably canon. But, but if you read it in like a Dungeons Masters guide, yeah, like role playing shit, right? And that's gone. Exactly. Yeah. So I found that interesting, though. That is cool. Yeah. I never thought about that. Like the yeah. uh, who put that there and who why? Who put that there? Like, oh yeah, like the, it just breaks up the garbage more. Yeah. And that makes sense, but it serves a function. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. But it, I would love it if Baze dropped it off in the toilet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. He drops a deuce, and then he drops one of those bad boys. A little tiny one. Yeah, Deuce-a-naga. <laughs> it looks all cute and tiny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like Baby Groot. A little eyeball. Uh, making Star Wars Net, they had info on uh, what certain actors who are in the new Star Wars Episode Eight might be doing in Episode Eight. <laughs> that was redundant. <laughs> and I found it interesting. Here's what they said. Benicio Del Toro has been described as a classic man in black, as... And he wears all black, and he's dangerous. His character is clean-shaven, with hair not unlike Poe Dameron's in length. While the rap let us know he was up for the role of the bad guy in the film some time ago, it doesn't appear the heroes see Del Toro as a bad guy, at least not at first. We think he's connected to the casino set we talked about some time ago. On paper, yeah, they did talk about that. There's a casino set that they talked about. Hmm. That'll be cool. Yeah. The Star Wars casino and yeah. what kind of people we'll see there. On paper, it sounds a little close to Lando Calrissian in The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. But before you panic, there are some details we're still working on that make that appear to be a bit of a stretch. We'll have more to report on Episode Eight's Man in Black in the future. So, yeah, I'll be keeping, I'll be keeping an eye on those stories as they... Yeah, I'm really curious to find out what Benicio is going to be up to in this, right. like what his deal is going to be. Laura Dern is probably the most bombastic of the new characters from the rumors we've heard. She is very aristocratic and fancy in a way we haven't really seen in Star Wars before. Her look, her look is unique. Someone compared her design to the Hunger Games meets Star Wars. Hmm. Dern wears a fancy dress and her hair is like something out of the prequels. 
The biggest defining detail of this new character played by Laura Dern is that she has pink hair in Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, Ooh, I hope none of that stuff's distracting. Yeah, yeah. This sounds kind of wacky. Jake's going to be like, man, I really am hungry for cotton candy and I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, sources are at a loss for words when they try to describe her hair, which is very ornate, almost like something out of the Outlander Club in Attack of the Clones. Okay. We suspect Dern's character has something to do with this woman from the Dubrovnik set last year. People that saw her believe she was something important in the film and sent us this photo. I don't have the photo, guys. I can't show you on a podcast. While we can't <laughs> speak on the certainty of that, it does seem strange to have more than one woman with purple slash pink hair in a movie unless they're connected somehow. I saw the picture. It's just a woman with fucking pink hair. Yeah, okay. Uh, Probably just her fucking servant or something. Yeah. But then again, it might just be a hair cover or something. We considered she could be Dern stand-in, but the costume we can glimpse under the black robe makes it uncertain. Hmm. Uh, in the near future, we will have details to share on a jumpsuited Kelly Marie Tran and her role in the film and how she gets end, uh, how she ends up getting uh, tangled with Finn in their shared story. Uh, her look is almost the opposite of Dern's character. She's just very normal-looking, but her situation is supposedly really cool. We'll have more on Finn and Kelly Marie Tran in the near future. We can share. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be. We know we know the space horse. Yeah, it'll be fun to just have another like romantic lead in there. Mm, so you're already calling it. I'm call. I mean, I kind of did too. We kind of we kind of called that she would be a romantic uh, character for Finn. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I think so. Can't wait to see. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see this film. Hey, oh my god, episode eight. Episode oh. eight, dude. Oh, I can't wait. We should get a title any fucking day now, right? Yeah. yeah any fucking should. day. We should. It should be coming up soon. Uh, that is all I have for Star Wars news. I don't know, man. There's This episode fucking sucks. It, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100 this week, guys. I'm not. I'm, I, no, I was telling, me neither. I was me telling, neither. Yeah, I was telling Jake I was, I've been sick the last few days, and so I'm trying to trying to do this. Uh, Jake, how about we take a break? And we'll we'll knock out some emails. Emails. Yeah, we got to man. They're piling up, man. All right. Jesus. <laughs> I'm down. I don't even think we're two hours yet. <laughs> we might, I don't. I think we're like an hour and forty. Perfect. I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back with your fucking emails. <laughs> hey, did you did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, you know what, you know what I want to do? I want to give I want to give some money, hard earned money away to three assholes so they can do a stupid podcast every week. Yeah, I'm, money's burning a hole in my pocket. Where can I, where do I put all this money? I'll just give it to three dicks. Yeah, if that was your thought process this morning, number one, there's something wrong with you. Number two, Pop Culture Leftovers has started a Patreon where you can donate to our show. It's really simple. Go to patreon.com forward slash pop culture leftovers starting out as simple as one dollar a month we'll thank you on the show you get us one dollar a month that's twelve dollars a year who can't afford that every one of our listeners did that that would be amazing is that gonna happen fuck no anyway moving on there's also rewards where you can get your own personalized audio bumper like the ones that we play here on the show that's pretty awesome that right there should be enough for you to sign up for our patreon oh wait that's not enough you're just a spoiled little shit, aren't you? You gotta have more, don't you? All the time, more with you. Uh, we have a reward where you can Skype chat with the leftovers, and that could be played on the show as a bonus episode. Wait, hold, wait, that's not enough? 
Seriously, fuck you at this point. We also have a reward where you get to be on a full episode with The Leftovers. That's right. We get to talk to your boring ass for a full episode. Uh, there's all, hey, hold on, that's not it. There's also another reward, and this is exciting, where you get to co-host with me on a brand new podcast that I'll launch. Uh, this is our masochist reward level. You really have to be in order to want to podcast with me. So check out all the rewards on patreon.com. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash pop culture leftovers. Some of the rewards are limited. Not that I'm expecting them to sell out or anything like we did the moment we started this Patreon. All right. Emails. Yeah. All right. It's time uh, Time for your emails. Yay. Mail. Leftovers of the universe. Mail. All right, Jake, my question to you is, uh, should we read an email from somebody that only gave us four out of five stars on iTunes? Yeah, I'm okay with it. You're fine with it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's I'll let the, it pass this Let's time. give this four-star listener a fucking uh, email read here. Uh, hey, Leftovers, just wanted to give you my thoughts about Luke Cage. I think it's a high taste it. I feel the show started out strong in the early episodes and then had the highest of Tupperwares with episodes four and five, but I feel the show lost a bit of its magic by the later episodes. My reason for feeling this way is that the show did such a great job showcasing the people of Harlem, their pride, their problems, that to throw away a Harlem villain like Cottonmouth in favor of focusing on an outsider like Diamondback just felt like a misstep to me. Although, at the end, we do get a payoff with so many of the Harlem community characters cheering on Luke in his fight against Diamondback, I would rather have the community remained a constant focus like it was in Episode 5. To me, that is the template for the perfect Luke Cage episode. Is it template or template? Is it I, potato, I potato? I think it's Vase Vaz, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, still a great season overall, though. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Keep up the great four out of five star work, guys. Sush. <laughs> Thank you, Sush. Yeah, I don't think either of us have even got past episode three or four, right? No, I have. Uh, oh, you made I, it further. Yeah, I made it to episode six, and then I stopped. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. I'm going to finish it. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Just got to, you know, get around to it. Yeah, I think episode six was like my favorite episode. It was one of my favorite episodes. Nice. But I hear it gets bad after that. Uh-oh. Bad. Well, worse. Yeah. It was good. Uh-oh. It was good before that. But I hear it gets worse, so I'm not like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it eventually. But yeah. you know I'm too busy, too busy watching diamond shows. <laughs> I agree. And even I though agree. this has diamond back in it, yeah, it's not good enough. I don't know. Maybe it's enough to pull me back in. Yeah, now. yeah, I bet. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the final episode's a right. huge fight with diamond back. Yeah, I know. And I've been all about these diamond shows lately. <laughs> yes. What was it? Ice. What was the other one I was watching? Um, oh shit! The Amazon Prime one, right? Um. Not Goliath. I had nothing to do with oh, diamonds. Oh, that's not the diamond show? No. Oh, Shooter? Shooter? No. Fuck it. Well, yeah, they threw some diamonds in there. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you, you rented Blood Diamond? Yeah, I rented Blood Diamond with Jaiman Hansu and Leonardo DiCaprio. I like that movie, by you the way. Watch Diamonds Are Forever? I did watch Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. 
I even I watched a bunch of old Liz, Liz Taylor <laughs> commercials. Yeah, it was my next go-to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut me off at the pass. <laughs> Diamonds are a bar, are a Brian's best friend, is what they is what yes. they say. Yes, all the fucking uh, bling, man. I yeah. have to keep like turning my head. Oh, I know, dude. You're fucking blinding me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own ice. Yeah, I'm killing it over here. It's actually a Facebook message I got from uh, Stephen Lovelace. He says, hey, Brian, even though it's way past Correction Tuesday, I just had to let you know that your numerical concept of the PCL rating system is exactly as I imagined it. It's proportional and makes sense. Fuck Jake and seen it, Steve. They've got it all wrong. (laughs) So I love you, Stephen. I love you. Sure. Right now, you're my favorite fucking listener. <laughs> love this guy. That won't last. Yeah. He'll f- <laughs> what are you saying? Steven's going to pick me, piss me off? Somehow. Oh, man. So let's, let's not get back into that again. Love you, Steven. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> Fantastic message. So what was your number rating for uh, Fantastic Beast? It was, uh, I gave it a low taste. It was, uh, it was a four. A four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Eric Marable. Hey, Leftovers. Dot, dot, dot. And Frank... Brian, I heard you hadn't watched Breaking Bad and you called yourself a piece of shit. No, man, you are not. Chin up. You are at, you are at the least a high-tasted. <laughs> that never gets old, right? Never. Hey, Jake, you're the man, dude. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen Breaking Bad either. Oh. <laughs> Do you feel bad? Do you feel like a piece of shit? I feel Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, you punny <laughs> son of a bitch. Mark Bowen. Hey, PCL. Uh, the last part of the last episode brought a tear to my eye. Uh, oh, he's, oh, he's talking about, uh, talking about the episode where we had the listener who was, uh, who was going through some problems. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember I do. that? I do. Yeah. Actually, I reached out to that guy. How'd that go? Good, good. He's doing better. Nice. He's doing, I want everybody to know that that guy that he's doing better. Uh, he says, uh, he said that that last episode brought a tear to his eye. Please don't make fun of me forever. Uh, who knew Brian had such deep emotions? Aww. Oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just a terrible piece of shit, aren't I, Jake? <laughs> yeah, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Oh, wow. The deep down, under all that shittiness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a decent yeah. person. Jake rented the shallows, and he called it the Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you haven't watched it that yet. That was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was listening to Second Rate Super Fans uh, when you said you hated Cisco Ramon. Brian? Oh, he says Brain. Yes, your name is Brain now. What is wrong with you? Cisco is possibly the greatest character in the history of TV. He's got great pop culture references pouring out of every orifice. <laughs> I thought you'd be super in touch with a character who shares your irrationally emotional tendencies. Uh, wow, this guy's friendly. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, no, I hate Cisco. I, I like Cisco this season, this third season. He's he's different. I mean, the the comic relief is actually coming from H.R. Wells, mm. um, the new Harrison Wells. You like that better? I like that better. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a lot better. I mean, and I. It gives uh, the actor Tom Cavanaugh uh, a chance to like uh, stretch his comedic legs, which he can do, mm-hmm. and not just have all the funny shit go to Cisco, which I don't find funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, even though you think that I am, like, uh, what? I'm not a Cisco ripoff. Wow. I think he's saying Cisco's a you ripoff. No. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just didn't like Cisco before, and I actually enjoy Cisco this season. He's, he's a different character, and I like it. Well, there you go. Next email comes from Raquel Silva. Hey, Brian, I'm Raquel from Portugal, and I've been listening since the Marvel Civil War episode, but I've been going through your previous episodes since I've caught up to the new ones. I wanted to write you guys for a while now, but since I only wanted to say hello, uh, I didn't want to pile up to all the emails you already have to go through. Mm. However, in this last episode... You brought up the Stephen Strange Easter egg in the Winter Soldier. We can actually see, we can actually be seeing, we can actually be seeing Doctor Strange's story in real time without any continuity errors. What Jasper Sitwell says is that Zola's algorithm is a program for choosing insights, targets, anyone who's a threat to Hydra now or in the future. Uh, it evaluates people's past to predict their future. I think that with this, being what's going on with Zola's algorithm, we can assume that Strange has not yet gone through his origin story, but is predicted to be of importance and a hindrance to Hydra's future plan so it can actually work out. I like this. Yeah. She was proven right. But, like, it's a lot for the viewer to, like, put together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zola's algorithm. Yeah. Oh. It's just a throwaway Easter egg line in fucking Winter Soldier, though. I know. So. But, I, but it's not to me, Jake. Yeah, but it's that's not. What I, that's what I'm saying. The, it, it doesn't bother the casual viewer. They don't even remember that. I know, story. but it wasn't to me. Yeah. That was my but whole now point. now you have your explanation. Yeah, I know. So you're good to go. Zola's algorithm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all. I love you guys. I love you guys' podcast. Keep up the good work. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. That's good awesome. email. Hello. What? They said they just wanted the email to say hello. Oh. But then they finally had something. All right. And so you're saying hello back? Yeah. She's <laughs> trying to be nice. Okay, Lionel Richie. <laughs> hello. Is it, is it is Jake it you're looking, you're looking for? for? Whatever. What the fuck? Hello. Hello. You're so polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my apologies. <laughs> Something I'm not known for. Uh, Hyatt Sutton sends us an email. Hey, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. Uh, today it was officially announced that Donald Glover, <laughs> you can tell that I have not read these emails in a while. <laughs> today it was officially announced that Donald Glover will be portray- portraying Lando. Yeah, Toby McGuire will be Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be portraying Lando in the upcoming Han Solo film. It reminded me of something I've always wanted to share with you guys. I went to a very small con the summer before Episode Seven came out. With the big name celebrity being Billy D. Williams, Mm. like everyone else who attended the con, I was stoked to see Lando fucking Calrissian in person. Um, When he arrived for his small panel, he needed a walking cane and people to assist him onto the stage. His goofy handler came out and did the typical bullshit, and then Billy D. got to answer some fan questions, etc. He answered questions like, What was it like being the first black man in space? To which he replied something like, there's aliens and robots and magic. They don't have time to worry about race. (laughs) He also talked about returning to voice Lando in Rebels. On this, he made a point to say that he didn't want anyone else to portray Lando because because he felt it his role. Mm. The handler ended the panel by asking everyone to start a hashtag about casting Billy D in episode eight. Billy D, Billy D then got on the mic and said that he didn't know if he even wanted to go back to acting. It was, it was super awkward and kind of a bummer that let the air out of the room. 
this is why um, I feel kind of conflicted about Glover taking over the role. I love Childish Gambino, Atlanta, and his stand-up, but I still just don't know. I was curious about how you guys in the Army feel about the reality of these iconic characters being recasted. Sorry about the long email, but, you know, Star Wars. So yeah, It's a little bit easier to stomach because we're we're not totally recasting them. We're casting younger versions of them. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit easier. It's not like we're, we're redoing Han Solo or redoing Lando. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we obviously can't have Billy D with a walking stick portraying himself in a prequel Han Solo movie. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. No, maybe – no, they they uh, explain that uh, that Lando Calrissian has the uh, Benjamin Button disease. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way to do it. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I like it too now. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Donald Glover. <laughs> I toss you. Yeah. Billy D could do this. <laughs> <laughs> who, who wants Donald Glover? He's cast. <laughs> the worst casting I've ever heard of. <laughs> the Benjamin Button in Star Wars. <laughs> I, love that. I hope that's how they explain it, too. <laughs> oh, he's got that Benjamin Button thing. <laughs> It'll 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 say it in the uh, in the opening scroll. <laughs> Lando Calrissian suffering from Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> That'll be crazy. That'll be crazy. Oh man. Oh man. I would dude, I would pay double the price of admission to see that. I'm with you. Even I even in IMAX. Take yeah. my thirty bucks. Yeah. You know, fucking <laughs> rocking the cane. Uh, tripping over his cape and shit. Yeah, beating Han and Sabak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Falling asleep at the oh, table. Oh, man. That's, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, that's am- I, yeah. I, I I don't have a problem with it, man. Wearing those space depends. You know, like a lot of people, like uh, oh yeah, Han Solo should uh, live and die with Harrison Ford being mm. Han Solo. He he doesn't even embrace the character the way he embraces uh, you know in- his Indiana Jones character. Yeah, he practically hates it. Now he wants to take Indiana Jones to the grave. Oh yeah, he totally wants to take Indiana Jones to the grave. Yeah. I agree. So much that he killed River Phoenix. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is a theory I've not heard. Yeah. Like, people say he OD'd and shit. Oh, yeah. We know what happened. <laughs> we know. We know. We know. We know what happened in front of the Viper Room in L.A. Wow. This is my favorite theory you've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> we know what happened. I know the truth, man. Yeah. He uh, He landed a plane on him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> All right. Benjamin Button disease. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, That's a great theory. Next, <laughs> <laughs> next email comes from William. Leftovers. Been listening uh, for only a few months. Suck my dick, Brandon. Whoa. Talking about Brandon McLean. Oh, yeah. Um, but you guys have quickly become the number one podcast for my considerable considerable commute I'm a third shift brewery brewery worker in beautiful Brew City, USA. No, Frank, it's just a nickname for Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't actually work in a town called Brew City. Anyway, I would like suck your collective cocks for a while and let you guys know that you produce, in my opinion, the best pop culture podcast out there. Whoa. Fucking hilarious. Really informative. 
I love how you guys fuck around and fuck around. <laughs> and fuck around some more. Fuck around some more. Talk about Benjamin Button disease. Yeah, fuck, fuck around the old oak tree or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the old force tree. The old force tree. Uh, but when it comes uh, time uh, for opinions, you guys dive right in with great insights, honest, honest opinions, and above all, a passion for the material. I personally think any douche wagging, any douche wagon bitching about getting to the advertised content is wanting to skip some of the best shit you guys do. Yeah, no shit. Fuck those people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, advertised content people. I bet those people like after the after credit scenes. Yeah. 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 They're the worst kind. <laughs> they should all be slaughtered. Uh, like Jawas. <laughs> Give them proper funeral. Yeah. Uh, now that I have uh, hopefully filleted you all satisfactorily. Hmm. On to the reason I wrote. I love the scene-by-scene breakdowns you guys do of trailers. Recently, you guys did Rogue One. I personally Tupperware the living fuck out of the last one. But there is a theory I've heard about this movie. I wanted your guys' opinion of. I don't know if you guys have heard this one. If so, I haven't heard you discuss it. In trailer one, we see Jin in what appears to be a TIE fighter pilot's outfit. Now, what if she ends up in a TIE fighter during the Battle of Yavin? What if she makes it through most of the battle and ends up being the pilot to Vader's right in the trench as Luke makes his final run? Now, I know Han shoots the tie from the Falcon, but what if she steers her fighter into Vader to give Luke his shot and dies an unknown hero? I love that idea. I could imagine a scene where the fleet returns to the Yavin base. In the background, you see Luke, Han, and Leia celebrating as the rest of the surviving Rogue One team looks on in mourning. Or have them off stage watching the medal ceremony. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Keep up the great work. Oh, and Jake, there should be a drinking game. Every time you say nice, listeners should have to take a rum chata shot straight up their dick hole. <laughs> Affectionately yours, your doughy ass fuck muffin. I traded nice for okay this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my wheel of responses. Right. Before every episode, I spit it. Frank is never trading away his gotcha, though. No, That's I gave that to stay. him. I, Jesus. I, and it happens off air all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. It's not just on the podcast. No, it's like off air all the time. Yeah. Nice. Uh, is this guy saying, is he confused? Is, is, is this guy actually saying, like, in this movie, this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. This guy, I, his idea is nice and romantic and everything, but like, we're not seeing the destruction of the. De- we're not going that far into a new hope in Rogue One. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. How old are Luke and Leia at the time of this? Then, mm-hmm. do we know? I mean, I'm sure we can figure that out with math. I, I would say they're like ten, right? Yeah. I mean, with uh, we could probably. <laughs> Could probably figure, yeah, we could probably figure it out with like, with the Rebels TV show as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, but like, I don't see like them jumping ahead in the story. No, no. Yeah, like I said, his idea is nice and I like the symmetry of it and all, but we're not seeing all that. She's wearing, I mean, we see her in the first trailer wearing it. It's cause she's like sneaking. And then on the there. second trailer, yeah, they're, they're sneaking onto. Yeah, she's wearing it as camouflage, yeah, basically. We see not only her, but like other characters like wearing it as well. Yeah, yeah. While they're on um Scarif. So th- yeah, they're like running with K2SO and they're all wearing like mm-hmm. this kind of shit. So yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Cool to think about, but it's not gonna happen, dude. Yeah, no. Thomas Kamiski. 
He says, I just finished watching Luke Cage. It was just okay, in my opinion. Just something missing. On a better note, I finished watching The Ranch Season 2. Uh, <laughs> I had given up on Season 1 after a few episodes, but after listening to you discuss how much you enjoyed it, I gave it another try, and I was glad I did. There's some good, funny moments mixed with real-life drama and problems. It was a Tupperware for sure. Just curious if you guys ever watched Firefly, and what's your opinion? It was one of my favorite shows to binge-watch. I love Firefly. Oh, I hate to admit this, but I think Firefly is incredibly overrated. Really, I love Firefly. Yeah, I thought the I thought um, Serenity was really really good. Yeah, like it blew me away. I was not excited to see it, and mm-hmm. then I saw it, and I was like, oh, that was fucking awesome. Uh, I own Firefly on Blu-ray. I love it. Yeah, I bought it on DVD just to watch it because it was the only way to really watch it back then. You know, yeah. you really couldn't like torch. Did you watch Dollhouse? Yeah, I did. I like, like I liked Dollhouse more. Okay, did that go on like two seasons? Two seasons. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I I watched a little bit of it, but I never finished it. Yeah, so. I, I liked it. I liked it. So uh, I don't I don't hate Firefly. Mm-hmm. Like, let me let me be clear when I say it's overrated. I just don't think it's like the highest of Tupperwares that a lot of people put it as. You know? Okay. Like it, it's a solid taste it for me. Right. I just don't, I don't see the hype. I guess. Uh, I'm trying to, I thought I had more emails and it does not look like I have them loaded on my phone. Let me pause real quick. I'll see if I can find them. All right. All right. I found them. Chris Barber. Uh, oh, this is the guy, uh, this was, uh, CKJCPL, that dude on iTunes that gave us a five star. Mm. And said, uh, Frank to, uh, told Frank to shut up. Yeah. He says, my iTunes review telling Frank to shut the fuck up was tongue in cheek. Come on, Frank. God damn it. <laughs> I'll have to let Frank know that. Okay. Uh, Joe Vitale, uh, I was thinking I haven't emailed the show in a while. Now I have. Joe Vitale. <laughs> Long time listener, Joe Vitale. Yeah. He was actually on the last uh, Leftover Army podcast that they uh, recorded. Awesome. You can check those episodes out on SoundCloud. Mac Wolverton says, uh, on Kylo, no, Frank is right. Having Kylo ultimately redeemed is the obvious move. You have the big bad, truly evil person in Snoke. Kylo is clearly the conflicted villain, a la Darth Vader. This tale is of a misguided villain who ultimately is redeemed through an act of sacrifice or some such. Is a tale as as old as time. It is a super common trope in stories and has already been done with this franchise. A good story to work with Kylo would be the ultimate failure of his redemption. In the first third of the arc, we have the exposition of his villainy, the anger, the evil acts, then capped off with an act of true horror to the Watcher, the killing of the beloved Han Solo. Here we have our normal moviegoer and most others hating him. That bastard killed Han. However, truly good storytelling, I believe they are capable with this new trilogy, would be to delve into Kylo's character in the second part of his arc, show why he acts how he how he did, make the audience sympathize with him. They don't have to like him. After all, he's kind of a whiny asshole. But they need to understand him, to hope for him, to want him to make the right choice, finally, and to be brought back regardless of the evil he has done. To show that he has the light side is, after all, the best choice. Then in the third act, his redemption arc is brought to its final crux, we have a situation where he has the final choice between the light side and dark. We have seen his depths. We have seen why he has done what he has done. We understand, even if we don't like him, but we want good to triumph. 
We have seen the effects of Luke, Leia, Han, Rey, and everyone in an interweaving tale between him and the effects of his choices on them. We want him to make the right choice. The fate of the entire plot rests on him doing the Darth Vader. The easy and obvious thing would be to do what y'all want him and allow him to make that choice and step into the light for once. Everyone would be happy. But that's just a rehash of what's already happened in this story, and we know Episode 7 already got enough flack for being so similar thematically to Episode 4. What would be brave and meaningful is the final peak of Kylo's arc when seemingly all hope rests on him. Uh, making the right choice, he pulls a Frodo and falls fully to the dark side, leaving us all gasping as uh, at the shattering of our hopes the filmmakers have carefully raised. We can still have the good guys win, maybe also have a turning point for Ray's, Luke's, or Leia's character where he has to put him down. And we get the anguish of having to do that cho- uh, choice Imagine if Leia has both the opportunity of being able to avenge her love and the anguish of having to kill her son. Uh, yeah, it's a feel-good story. Uh, then good guys do some acts and win the day. But goddamn, that would be an intense whirlwind of emotions, and maybe people won't feel so giddy and satisfied as they would with the standard redemption story. But would still be a great. Uh, but it would still be great story writing. Jake, thoughts. Yeah, who wants to be giddy and satisfied after seeing a movie? No, I want to see a mother killer child. <laughs> I'm all about that, dude. That sounds like a great fucking movie. Yeah, I don't care how it's the easy way out to make the guy that killed Han Solo yeah. like yeah. get redeemed. Lo- That's gonna take some writing. Leia's pro-choice. So <laughs> have her killer fucking. Si- I don't, you know, I don't. I don't know, man. It's like I, I think it's more interesting story. Like for just for me, like. To have, like, we saw Darth Vader die after all the bad choices he made. Yeah, in this one, I want to see the guy make the right choice and then get to, like, live with the consequences yes. of the bad things he did. Live like, with that's the, We've never seen that. Live with the fact that he killed his own father. Yes. Right. I don't want him to turn good and immediately die. Right. I, I want him to, like, I want to, it'll be such a crazy character that'll, like, yeah. come to terms with these terrible things that he's done. Right. Like, there's a lot of story material there. Yeah tale as old as time mm-hmm. what the fuck's wrong with what's what's wrong with the using a good like story again yeah i mean fucking beauty and the beast is the most watched trailer of all time now and it's yeah. the ultimate tale as old as time so yeah and what it's the, what, what it's, the fuck's wrong with that and it's gonna really it's i mean it'll be different from the cartoon yeah um and the source material but it's gonna be it's going to be a lot of the same themes and elements. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like Alan, Jungle Book. Alan Minkins writing new songs. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, fuck this guy in his opinion. Eh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't honestly feel like I, – I feel like it's, it's a thing like where not everybody thinks that he's a redeemable character. I've listened to other people that I know. Yeah, I can't fault that line of thinking. I know people that think that he's not redeemable. Yeah, I can't fault that. He killed Han Solo. That's what people think. But like that's he, what makes it not easy to redeem him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. And I don't think people get it. So I think I don't think that I don't think that Frank's wrong. I don't think he's right. Yeah. But I think to call what we're saying stale and easy and what he's saying bold mm-hmm. is that's misguided to me. Right. Like, that's I would, I would, not completely understanding the scenario. I would love to see, like, after episode nine, they wait a few years, come back for episode ten. Yeah. And we're dealing with 
how Kylo Ren is trying to come to terms. And he can't talk to his father as a Force ghost. Yeah. You know? He doesn't have... Han was not Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he can't talk to his father. It's going to haunt him. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Chris Brown says, Hey, guys. Brian, I know you banned me for a month, so I hope it's okay I wrote in. If not, I guess I am in for another ass-ripping. I listen to you guys weekly, and your podcast really helps pass the time at work. The three of you, Brian, Jake, and Jay, have fucking great chemistry that isn't rivaled by any other podcast. And don't worry, I didn't forget Frank. He's good, I guess. <laughs> His laugh sounds like the Joker at some points, and I think I would rather have uh, rather him as the Joker in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement. There. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but that, enough time on Frank. I'm fucking with you. You're great. But I just need to say I was so excited to hear that Jay was hopefully coming back to the show. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, my ear pussy uh, was robbed of the smooth, easy tones, which are Jay's emotional beats and insight. It's either got to be he just can't stop watching Voltron or there's some shit going on with him. And if it's the latter, then I really hope everything is okay with him and hope he gets back soon. Jay, I know I don't know you, motherfucker, but really hope everything is okay with you. Cheers for now, boys. Uh, Chris Brown, P.S., that's what Jake said. Uh, no, P.S., what the fuck? Oh, P.S., what the fuck, Jake? You don't like The Walking Dead? Shame. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ring the bell. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's a great email. We we'll talked d- about Jay last week, actually, and why he hasn't been. Jay on the show last oh, really? week and why he hasn't been. I mean, Jay works in retail. Yeah. He's had some people quit at his job. They've been asking him to work a lot more. And this time of year is like their busiest time of year. Yeah, it's rough. I'm hoping that Jay comes back soon. I have a feeling he will eventually come back. Uh, it's just one of those things. I don't have a date. I don't know when he's going to come back. So. Yeah, and we'll be sure to pass on Chris Brown's well wishes to Jay. I already sent him in this email. So, yeah, there you go. I already sent Jay this email. And me and Jay are still in contact. So um, next email comes from Jeff. Uh, PCL Squad, what's up? Jeff from D.C. with a question. Some food for thought this week. With the Infinity Wars movie right around the corner, how will the Guardians of the Galaxy fit in with the OG Avengers uh, in the culmination of Kevin Feige's cinematic vision? My fear is that some of the Age of Ultron bullshit will run into the writing for the Guardians in the Infinity Wars. I know that Joss Whedon isn't attached, but still, the precedent of a shitty large character pool movie is there. I enjoy Civil War very much, so I'm not as worried as I think I could be. But that's more due to the storyline between Cap, Iron Man, and Bucky. Also, Spider-Man, of course, anyone who didn't enjoy that aspect of Civil War should be given a weird look and a swift kick in the ass. (laughs) But I digress. How worried are you guys about Infinity Wars? On a scale where Guardians 2 is not worried and Justice League is holy shit, this could ruin my, (laughs) and and holy shit, Justice League is holy shit, this could ruin my weekend. I'm at about an Iron Man 3 right now. So that's about a 6 out of 10. I love this guy's scale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the shout-out last week about the Star Wars Netflix news. Uh, Jeff. So Jeff is saying, are you worried about uh, Infinity Wars? Yeah, a little, I guess. Really? I'm not at yeah. all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not one bit. I'm a little. A little bit. Got the Russo brothers back in there. Back in the director's seat. Not worried about it at all. Yeah. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm not, as long I'm not as, as long as they make Thanos a 
badass. Yeah. That's all I'm worried about. I still think the movie's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about – you can't make Thanos a throwaway villain. You yeah. have to – you've been leading up to this guy since the Avengers film. Mm-hmm. He's made some uh, other appearances in other films, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, we got him in uh, – what was the last one he was in when he was uh when he took the gauntlet? Mm. I don't know. One of those fucking one of these fucking 13 14 films. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. So yeah, th- it, that's all I'm worried about. I'm not worried about how many characters they fit into this movie and I'm also not worried about how the Russos are going to direct the Guardians of the Galaxy. I still think they'll be great characters. No, I think so too. And I'm sure James Gunn will have input there. He's very connected with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and sure. I'm sure the Russos will want his input. Yeah. And seek it out. Well, they've done that with other movies too. I mean, you know, you had uh, when you had uh, uh, Alan Taylor doing uh, Thor Ragnarok, not Thor Ragnarok, Thor: The Dark World. He had Joss Whedon come in there and help him. Didn't help the movie, yeah, but he had he had Joss Whedon come in there and help him with some scenes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Clayton Gillespie, uh, I love this show and appreciate your knowledge. Uh, my question is, what would be the best comic book and ways to find? My question is, what would be the best comic book and ways to find books? I've heard Marvel Unlimited would be a good start. I've recently got into comic books and listening to the show. Love the rants and make me laugh at work from Clayton. Yeah, Marvel Unlimited, if you're looking for Marvel stuff, is the fucking way to go. Yeah. It's super cheap and you get like fucking everything. They're 90 bucks a year? Yeah. They, they have sales all the time. Like they just had a sale where it was like 60 bucks for the year. Okay. And it's usually timed with any release of any new Marvel movie. Hmm. Usually that week will be a week where you get the shit for like half price or whatever. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And then tons of great stuff to read on there. I mean, yeah. go on and on forever. All you mentioned in this dude was Marvel. So I guess that's all we're hearing. Yeah. He's like Marvel Unlimited. Hey, that's a good place to go. I don't know. I'm reading a lot more image books than I'm reading anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want your digital stuff, go to Comixology. Yeah. Do it that way. It's hard. At, at that point, though, it's like, God, I might as well just get the fucking paper because they're going to cu- charge me the same exact price for the digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It drives me nuts. Comicsology has a ton of sales. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wayne Brunius. Hello, Leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank, dot, 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 and Brian. Fuck you, Wayne, you fucking Whoa. piece of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got another tech question, you son of a bitch? You're going to ask me about your fucking Apple TV now? The I, fuck? I could actually answer that. Dot, 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 and fuck you, Wayne. Uh, I have a question for Jake. Uh, how do I enroll myself into the Jacob Elliott Institute for Television Lighting? Is that it? Um, I think he was looking for big laughs there. Oh, okay. You gotta put like, you gotta put like, uh, insert laugh here, and then that's, <laughs> give us the cue to laugh, Wayne. Like the applause light. Yeah, give us the applause light, Wayne. Uh, I think I'm done with Walking Dead after this, that season premiere. Uh, it went from being, I went from being a big fan to falling off, then watching all of season three and four in a weekend before the season five premiere to not even wanting to watch episode two of season seven. The show is just the most, uh, meh show that I still record. I think I'll give it till the mid-season finale. What are you, you're wishy-washy, going back and forth. Just I, cut the fucking cord. I, I'm done after two, but I think I'll give it to the mid-season finale. Then I'll figure out if I want to drop and watch whatever HBO has on in that hour or binge it next summer. Uh, also, I want to know if any of you have continued to watch uh, The Good Place. Uh, me personally, I think that this is the uh, best new comedy on TV. And it's a shame that it's going on hiatus because... 
NBC has Thursday Night Football. Are you still watching Good Place? Uh, I have it all on my DVR. I watched like the first five. Uh, I watched the first episode and I haven't watched anything else. You know, he says, I'm loving this show and Adam Scott's demon character is such a good comedy villain. Uh, I think the show and Superstore are two of the best comedies on network television. And NBC finally has a good replacement block for the community, 30 Rock, Office, Parks, and Rec they had a few years ago. Yeah, I watched the first season of Superstore. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. I didn't watch any of it. Not Did not much care for it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Neil Thalander. Hey, guys. Just uh, how many more of these do I have? This is it. End it with Neil. I'm in it. I'm done with Neil. Jesus. Neil's going to take us out on a good note. No, he's not. He's going to correct us on something. <laughs> I, no- I noticed you guys uh, watch Doctor Strange, but what you failed to mention... Uh, don't was... piss Neil off. He'll yeah. get drunk and start tweeting us again. Oh, shit. Uh, hey, guys, just finished listening to your Doctor Strange review, and I'm wondering if Frank didn't accidentally see a theatrical re-release of the 1978 TV movie. <laughs> All right. Good. Score points for Neil. Uh, definitely in my top five MCU films. And totally worth the pain and cost of the 3D experience. I was also wondering if you'd had the chance to see the new Max Landis show, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Ah, I want to. Uh, the first episode is free on iTunes, and it's a total fucking Tupperware. Completely ridiculous and awesome. Uh, I, I have the first episode mm-hmm. on my DVR. I missed the second episode, so I'm going to have to go to the BBC app and okay. watch it there. But I have every other episode on my DVR, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I need to watch it too. I'm a huge Douglas Adams fan. It also is a comic book miniseries right now. Oh wow! Um, or yeah. maybe it's ongoing. Okay. I'm not sure, yeah, but did. I know it's a comic book right now. This Dirk uh, Dirk Gently. He did two novels, and it was, it's always the kind of thing that he could have done more. Yeah. Uh, Neil also says, uh, absolutely loving Sweetwater Saloon, a Westworld podcast, really enhancing my viewing experience with that show. Thanks for keeping us all entertained. Wow. No corrections. Wow. Neil did close it out well. Holy shit, Neil. You're a human being. I loved that. That was a great email. Wow. It was like a, that was an email from a human being. I liked it. I, I liked that he brought up the pain of fucking IMAX 3D. I'm the same way. What do you mean? I, don't uh, it, it, I get a headache. Like when when I watch the movie, I'm completely fine. What is what is what is, that, what is wrong with you? When the movie's over, I'm like, bleh. You're just you're pissy and bitchy <laughs> and moaning about everything. Yeah, dude, working working retail on Thanksgiving week. <laughs> Post credit scenes are making you bitch and whine, and like, ah, the worst. now IMAX is like Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it, no, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, remember those movies grumpy old men yeah for sure for sure god damn i'm definitely the walter Matthau here you uh, yeah you are <laughs> you're the way more chipper jack lemon oh yeah not not in every other episode though <laughs> i know we're doing role reversal god, yeah oh yeah man that those that fucking 3d like it's fine when i'm watching it but the minute mm-hmm. the shit's over it's like i get like that fucking headache 3d like it only i like my eyes take maybe like five minutes to kind of adjust to it mm-hmm. and then once they've adjusted i'm i'm good to go like yeah. i don't have a problem i don't have little headaches you know yeah you're lucky yeah i'm I'm actually like hoping that there'll be like 3d post-credit scenes oh god yeah i take my glasses off i watch those post-credit scenes blurry oh god <laughs> like fuck it i'll watch this blurry if they wanted me to watch it in 3d they'd put it in the movie like real art yeah okay oh, art <laughs> it's in you 
Let's turn see, this yeah. whole thing into a fucking carnival. A fucking uh, Cannes Film Festival over here. If these movies want more respect. They'd fucking not do their little carnival side tricks. I like the post credit shit, man. I hate it. Uh, oh, oh, we know. <laughs> we know. All right, Jake. That is uh, episode 164. Fuck yeah. I'm breaking my mic. We did it. Blam. Yeah. All it's right. That's it. <laughs> Fuck this show. <laughs> all right. And just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags, thanks for listening. Thank you for your patronage. And uh, we'll see you. See you next week. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap! Gonna toss it, gonna taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.